Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Raised by Earl. Roller coaster ride that is Houston Sports. Chill H Town for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. Right up 3 o'clock in downtown Houston. We are at Post Houston, and it is time, Wex. Well, it's almost time. It is time to wait four hours and ten minutes <laughs> for the NBA Draft 2023 edition. But you know what? Some teams in the NBA are not waiting even a little bit. Yeah, instead a- of getting excited about a 19-year-old they might draft later tonight, they'd rather say, whoop-de-doo, double it, we got a 38-year-old. <laughs> I never thought we would live to see the day where Chris Paul would become a Golden State Warrior, but that apparently is what has just happened or will officially happen uh, sooner rather than later. Next month, as a matter of fact, apparently based on the CBA rules. I'm looking forward to that press conference. If I can uh, maybe get the station to pay for my trip out there so I can get the microphone and say, Adam Wexler, Sports Talk 790. Hey, Mike, uh, this is your first move as GM, uh, Mr. Dunleavy Jr. We love you down in Houston, by the way. Your dad was a great player, good coach too. But in one of your first moves as GM, did you ever envision that when you were four years old somebody that was just born you would be trading for 38 years later (laughs) Mike Dunleavy Jr. their 42 year old GM has finalized a deal to land Chris Paul that's why the Wizards three-team deal with Bradley Beal was set in motion a couple of days ago to give the Wizards a chance to do some flipping and they've landed a boatload of pick swaps and a whole lot of second round picks and Chris Paul is now going to be watching up close. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, probably all three of them, uh, run circles around him as he slowly brings the ball up court for the Golden State Warriors. Honestly, most people thought he was going to stay in California because of his family, was going to try to figure out a way where he could land with the Clippers, land with the Lakers, or, well, there's several teams in California, and he's not going to get a whole lot of time uh, with De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, so maybe this is the next best thing. That's one of the many things uh, that's taken place on the court since we last spoke. Yesterday we were talking about the domination of the Astros over the Mets. Two games, two wins, day off today as they make their way all the way out west to Los Angeles to begin a three-game series with the Dodgers tomorrow. But late last night, the deal that we had all muddied up yesterday because the Wizards were pivoting and the uh, Celtics were pivoting and all of a sudden Marcus Smart, in fact, is a Memphis Grizzly. And Kristaps Porzingis, hello and welcome to Boston. Tyus Jones, you want to dribble the basketball for the Washington Wizards? Well, that is what is on tap. Lots of good things on the NBA front. Of course, we are here at Post Houston. All the important people are here now, downtown, here at Post Houston. Us, mainly. Uh, (laughs) 
and uh, we are ready to roll. Uh, the Rockets, as of now, still handle the pick at number four, the pick at number 20. You heard the Yahoos before us proclaim loudly. They expect them to hold on to pick number four. Matt already practicing his calls for Amen Thompson with his hammer to throw down a few dunks next year. And I'm right there with him, but we got a lot of time before we, you know, set in stone some of those predictions because, quite honestly, it took a long time to get here, but here we are, and there's no clarity on the number two pick in the draft. Yeah, that's what the, uh, I mean, that's the most pressing, I guess, interesting unknown of tonight's festivities. And you could argue that once that is set in stone, whatever it may be, then there can start to be some clarity. And you're talking about the picks immediately thereafter because it's, I mean, we all know what's, what's happening at number one. But after that, I mean, I've heard five different reports about every single pick and the next three picks following the Spurs. Yeah, I don't think, what I I think is going to happen is it's just going to be a matter of who's Portland or who's Charlotte choose and Portland takes the other. I don't think any team is going to put together a trade package to make their way up there because as I've I've tried to to believe it when I say it, and and I really do, and I don't know if I'm, I'm in a small group of people or a larger group of people, but this is so much more than the San Antonio Spurs draft, so much more than Victor, Victor Wembanyama. If he had decided that he just wanted to be a lifer with the uh, Metropolitan 92s, I think that the Spurs or whomever won the lottery would be ecstatic about landing Scoot Henderson. And the team behind them would be ecstatic about landing a number one pick caliber player in Brandon Miller right behind him. And in the last couple of days, some of the over-the-top commentary, which may end up being true, about Amen Thompson, you know, greatest athlete we've ever seen, uh, over impressing to the nth degree at his workouts, things that they've never seen other guys do in a six-seven body. I think this draft at the very, very top is actually very, very good, and I consider the top four the very, very top. And obviously, right after that, if you saw my one and only mock draft as I did with the NFL draft. It. There's no Wexler 1.0 and 2.0 and 6.3 and 5.72. There, there's a 1.0, thus no number needed. And I think U of H is going to hear their name called at number five when Jarris Walker goes off the board to the Detroit Pistons. Immediately after that, I think we could start seeing deals made. And that's kind of what the fun is because we know how the Rockets potentially could be involved, whether it's to land veteran players, whether it's merely to move up from 20 to somewhere else, or to use 20 to land well, a current NBA player that they think can help them get out from the lower 20s win range, which they've unfortunately been in uh, for the last couple of years. Obviously, I have some other items to get to. We're with you till 6. Our draft pre-draft coverage kicks in earnest at 6 o'clock. And, of course, the draft officially begins at 7 o'clock. Uh, most of the Sports Talk 790 staff will make their way through. We'll hand off some microphones to theirs and get you all the info that you need as the Rockets re-outfit their team as they do each other in every offseason the last couple of years, the bulk of their roster has been built through the offseason draft. Well, and again, <clears throat> this is a situation where if the Rockets somehow, you know, wind up with Amin Thompson and he does live up to the, the hype as far as, like, being the greatest athlete and all this, like, it would be nice for a change that the number one pick that doesn't end up being the best player in the draft and that ends up being the number four pick for example uh, again i don't know i don't know that i'm ready to say any one of these guys will be better but they're going to be the caliber of a player you would pick at number one and there's a lot of right. drafts where these players 
would have gone number one. And, and maybe it's for the first time in a while with a Houston team. Um, obviously, we think about the Texans so many times. The, the year to be number one, obviously, was this year. And unfortunately, that is the Spurs. But I do think there's enough left there uh, beyond that for this to be a significant turning point in this franchise. But I expect to hear some more deals that uh, will be made official as they can be today over the course of the rest of the afternoon. And uh, we had some more opt-outs. I'm kind of surprised at the Chris Middleton opt-out. $40 million for a player who's breaking down and on the other side of his best. The only way I can figure it is he thinks he can get less money per year, but... It's all guaranteed. If he signs a three-year, $90 million deal, he just made $50 million bucks, even though he only gets $30 million of it in year one, and he turned down 40 You know the, the math of it all, but it'll be interesting to see if that changes the marketplace for uh, teams that know, like Houston, at some point they've got to go out and get veteran players. Is Dallas done going young, and they know they're going to lose Luka if they don't get veteran players? Is Portland in that situation with that number three pick that whom they select uh, determines the future of Damian Lillard, and then his name gets circled around in the trade wins. Is Damian Lillard the most off-rumored trade piece that has never been traded in the history of the NBA, by the way? I would think so. I mean, he's got to be up there. Um, I mean, there's guys that play for like a million different franchises, and then in the case of Damian Lillard, there are guys that have been tied to a million different franchises but never actually end up walking out the door. And you could argue that he's probably, um, he's, well, he's had some chances maybe to be moved. And rumor has it that he's the one that put a stop to those situations. And I don't know, like he might end up regretting it someday. But um, Portland right there at the top of the draft and has a say-so in how this whole thing falls as far as the dominoes. I really do think, though, that as much as we've talked about the potential movement here at the top of the draft or even after the, the top handful of picks, like you were saying, after the Rockets, um, free agency, as we've already seen today, and it's not really free agency, it's trade, but those types of transactions, post-draft transactions, end up being what has the most drama. And I, again, I said it yesterday, it's the most exciting offseason in all of sports almost every single year because there's always something going on. Yeah, most of the time in Major League Baseball, the players that are out of contract are the ones that move. In the NBA, the players that are under contract, the stars, are the ones that uh, oftentimes force their way out. Uh, so we'll obviously get there. That was 10 minutes of today's A-team, <laughs> not dedicated to Rob Manfred, oh my the gosh. dumb. There you go. All right, you got the next two minutes, and then we'll hit a break. Just an absolute boob of a human being. I mean, I get what this guy's job is. It's the same as every uh, commissioner's job in, in major sports, especially here in the United States. But, like, this guy just can't help himself. Like, did the owners get together and, and call him and say, hey, people haven't been mean to the Astros for the last five minutes. Can you do something dumb for but us? But the thing is, and that's true, and that's fine. Like, we're all used to it by now. There's not, like, sticks and stones. There's nothing Ouch. you can say about the Astros at this point that's like going to make Sterling me sitting here. flinch. Ow! But, <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, like, and I get it. He was asked a question. He does know that this is, this is self-preservation you know, preservation at this point when it comes to this topic, and he's doing the exact opposite of that when he gives you know, comments and sound bites like that. Like, you're, you're just further reminding everybody 
of how poorly botched the handling of that whole situation was, how it made you look even dumber as it has aged poorly. And this is just the latest example of that, and it's his own mouth doing it. I just so we'll, we'll set you up on what he had to say. Uh, we will uh, do our best to uh, bring our, I guess, the second most prominent name attached to uh, Rob Manford. It's like he's following him around ever since he became commissioner and was no longer working here in Houston. I think you know who we are talking about, so we look forward to that conversation. It's always fun when uh, the task at hand is pushing seven years old now. And it's still at the front of at least one person's mind, and now ours as well. We're out of post-Houston. Rockets draft party will get underway in earnest at 5 o'clock. We're here throughout the night to bring you all the latest on what's taking place with your Houston Rockets and everything else right here on the 18th. Yeah, absolutely. I want to tell you guys where I stopped in like I do every single Thursday, and this time it was right on my way to downtown because there are five Houston area locations for Men's Tea Clinic, and the one I go to each and every Thursday right around 1245 or so is located at I-10 and Durham in the Heights. So it was a straight shot down I-10 to get here into downtown after I got my little pit stop, if you will, if you are even questioning whether or not you have low testosterone, if your levels aren't where they need to be, mensteaclinic.com. That's the website I can send you to that'll get you all the information you need to get back to being you, the you that you're used to, the one that you grew up being, the one that you became a man being, and you remember how good you felt physically, mentally, and emotionally. And for whatever reason namely low testosterone levels, that might have fallen by the wayside. The good news is hardly a death sentence, and it's very, very treatable. As a matter of fact, mensteaclinic.com is the first step to get you an individualized treatment plan that is going to get you back to being you. We're talking mensteaclinic.com, five Houston area locations. The Heights, the one I mentioned, also up in Cyprus, Pearland, Pasadena, and Spring. Do what thousands of Houston area men have done. With the men's health pros and total wellness optimization team over at every single men's tea clinic location, they can get you back to being you. The first step, go to mensteaclinic.com. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790 Live from post-Houston site of the 2023 official Rockets Draft Party. By the way, I'm going to do this, and I'll probably do it again before the end of the show. Leilani and her crew kick it out of the park every si- They kick it out of the park. You they, see what I did they there? They kick it out of the park. They kick it out of the park every time. They hit a they touchdown. Hit a, they hit a slam dunk every time. <laughs> It's so amazing what they do with these events, and uh, this is no different. You'll know from the minute you walk in the door that this is where you're supposed to be, and you'll just keep walking and keep being impressed. It is an absolutely stellar layout. If you came to last year's draft party, you already know kind of what you're in for, but it's not in the same location. It's a little bit further down, and I'm telling you right now, it's worth it. We've been telling you guys to register uh, for the last you know week at least, if not longer, you're going to have a blast tonight at the draft party. And again, it, it's, it all comes down to what the Rockets end up doing. But you're going to have a fun time regardless of what happens. Maybe you're upset because they didn't get the number one pick. Maybe you, you, know, you don't think they're going to get who you want with the number four pick. But I promise you, you're going to have a good time here tonight. And we're looking forward to all the festivities. Now, let's get to the subject at hand. Yeah, it's time for the Time Magazine article. What 
is he doing? And by he, I mean Rob Manfraud, which is, I'm not going to, I'm going to give credit where it's due. That is Jeff Blum's name for the MLB commissioner. Not a fan. Not a lot of people aren't. And what's funny about this is that he has managed to be hated not only by all of the fans of all the other teams that think that if the Astros didn't cheat, they would have just either just assumed the championship that their team didn't win that year, but then Astros fans also hate this guy. I mean, I specifically and vividly remember him walking right by me, all five foot four of him, during the World Series and just having to resist the urge to, you know, kick him in the shin. Because that's what he, that's the kind of feeling that he, you know, emits from people like me and a lot of people in this city, but also around Major League Baseball. What do you always say, though, about commissioners? What's their number one job? They work for who? Number two? No, this isn't Austin Powers. The owners. Exactly. So normally, even if we're saying, oh, Commissioner X is doing this, Commissioner Y is doing this or saying this, it sucks to hear, but he's pretty much doing his job. This is one of those situations where nobody's happy. Every time this guy opens his mouth, nobody's happy. Is that fair to say? Yes. It was only a week ago when he opened his mouth, and the people of Oakland are like, are you kidding me? Right. We're already down. How hard do you have to kick us, you fool? <laughs> no. All he did was talk, which every time it happens, this is the thing that, that goes down. So just kind of set the stage before we go ripping him a new one, which mm-hmm. we will. Uh, long Q&A was printed by Time Magazine. Now, not necessarily an article, but uh, here's the question and here's the transcribed answer. And most of the way down the article, it doesn't have anything to say about the Astros or the scandal or anything like that. But a question was asked of him, uh, what's the smartest move that you've made since your tenure began? And I haven't read it, but he actually said, he, he says, I'd give you two answers. I don't know what they are because I don't know how to read, but I'll be able to read here in just a second when I get to the follow-up question. The follow-up question was one thing you wish you had done over. And his answer to that was, that's probably a longer list. So at least he's cognizant of that. You know, what was the smartest thing you've done since you took over? I mean, I think I can think of two things. What's the thing you wish you had done over? That's probably a longer list. Some of the decisions surrounding the Houston situation, would like to have those back. Uh, I think I would take back the rather flip comment I made about the World Series trophy at the time. I take that back. Which was what, just to clarify? Uh, the hunk of metal comment yes. about uh, the trophy, which the players at the time, many of them, said, come on now. I know you don't play. Do you not get it also? And he said, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. That's akin to calling a wrestling championship belt a prop, for those of you who want to kind of get an analogy. Like, you're basically cheapening the number one goal everybody has. Yeah, the number one goal. You don't want to let that slip through your fingers because your hands are all greased up. Um, (laughs) Sometimes they're sticky. Sometimes they're sticky. So he said he, he would take that back, too. And luckily, this question was actually a follow up. In the Houston sign-stealing situation, what do you specifically regret? Because all he said was, I'd like to, some of my decisions surrounding the Houston situation, I'd like to have those back. He said to that, what do you regret about the sign-stealing situation with Houston? Rob Manfred said, I'm not sure that I would have approached it with giving players immunity. Once we gave players immunity, it puts you in a box as to what exactly you were going to do in terms of punishment. I might have gone about that investigative process without that grant of immunity and see where it takes us. Starting with, I'm not going to punish anybody. 
maybe not my best decision ever. Now, and then there was nothing else expanded upon that again in this Q&A article, not a follow-up to the follow-up. Well, that's because the follow-up so to that, that by that's the, where he left it at. The follow-up to that by the interviewer was fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, what have we talked about speaking of beating a dead horse? What have we I saw that gif yesterday. Oh my goodness, it was used Did you did you notice what it really was? It was a white horse. It was a white horse, but who was beating him? Uh, an old politician? No. Who was it? Michael Bolton from Office Space. The horse was in the place of the printer. Really? Really. I guess I, my eyes didn't look up that far. I was just immediately focused on the horse being beaten. I mean, <laughs> did, he does know that he doesn't get any sort of details from any of the players if they're not granted immunity, right? That's A. I mean, I know that fans don't know that because they're stupid. Right. Then you're relying on the players to spend five seconds with the union before the investigation, and the union says, don't tell go them Go bleep yourself. Okay, so yeah. then they have to go off the evidence they have that didn't come from those players, but rather came from one player who likes cheese. Who got, fi who got paid. <laughs> Is that true? That's, I didn't know that's that. That's the one player. Well, we'll get to that. So then you go to B. So now you're going to punish them off of fires, video, and audio that you have that isn't coming from the players you're interviewing. Right. And maybe any other thing you might be able to gain without player interviews. Okay, but then C is, as it involves the players' union once again, any punishment you hand down will be fought, will be a struggle to actually make stick. And time out real quick on that, because I've always been fascinated by this aspect of the story. It doesn't get nearly enough attention because, frankly, there are just more important things to get to. Do you realize the concept of that is so deliciously ironic and complicated? Think about that. If the Astros are about to get punished, the Astros players, for cheating, their own player organization is going to fight that. The player organization that is represented by all the other teams that they screwed out of this championship, supposedly, has to now fight for those players, those very players that cheated them and ruined these minor league pitchers' careers and all the other stuff we hear about. What did those players you're talking about, those non-Astros players, uh -huh. also do? Cheated? They cheated a lot. And that's the part of this that never, ever gets talked about enough or recognized enough. And it's just incredible how hypocritical so many angles and corners and crevices of Major League Baseball are about this very, very story. Not this topic, although that happens, but this specific version or scenario of that topic, cheating. Yeah, there's so many parts of it. We've hit on maybe three. There, there's two huge ones that still remain. Uh, 3.30 on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll spend a few minutes with our Astros Insider, uh, Michael Connor. He's been nice enough to join us out here on site since he'll be part of our draft coverage again uh, later on this evening. So we will continue this conversation about uh, the, I guess, I, I, revelations, the first time that Robert has said publicly he thinks he did something wrong. Revelations 316 case. says Rob Manfred's a piece of crap. Yeah, I haven't read that. We talked about that earlier this week. <laughs> did you? Yeah, on the show. Oh, you don't read the Bible? Well, it was something <laughs> Or about... don't go to church or synagogue or whatever yeah. it was called. Yeah, I mean, the only that's where you read the Bible or in your hotel room because it's sitting there for you. <laughs> right? I, unless they've done away with it, like they've done away with it every other place on the planet. Anyway, we will get to that and more with, yes, our Astros insider, Michael Connor, on site 
He's actually making an in-person appearance. This is big. He's telling me I'm number one right now. That's coming up next. Can't wait. Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland. Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. And the brand-new Classic Elite Buick GMC Hummer. That's where it's at when it's time for that brand-new vehicle. We talk about them being elite because our good friends Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, the owners, have added that entity to the family. Classic Elite Buick GMC. And if you're not a Classic Elite Buick GMC, well, then you are at the wrong place. I was over at Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland just a couple of days ago earlier this week taking care of some service, always quick and easy, always take care of whatever it is you need, set your appointment, you get in there, they take care of you, and you're on your way. It's fantastic stuff. That's why I'm always saying great people over there, service and parts department, finance department, obviously everybody on the sales floor, and of course the great owners. Locally owned and operated over at Classic Elite, that's Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian. ClassicElite.com is where you can find out info about all three Classic Elite locations. When you head on over there, you tell them. Adam Wexler sent you by. The A-Team continuing here on Sports Talk 790 live from Post Houston, right smack dab in the middle of downtown. Great view. On the roof of this facility of downtown Houston, I would not recommend going up there until the sun goes down or you might burst into flames. It's very hot outside, but it's very cool in here. So if you're heading down to the uh, Rockets draft party, lots of you, lots for you to see and do. But off topic, the Astros obviously back to their winning ways, at least the last two outings. Off night tonight, and then a huge... World Series rematch, just kidding. It happened in 2017. Get over it already. Uh, taking place this weekend, the Astros in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. And in that vein, we bring in our Astros insider, Michael Connor, on site. Do you think Rob Manford will be there? Oh, no, 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 no. The, the Astros are going to be there, so why would he show his face? That'd be pretty good. You know the best part it's of the be World Series? It's going to be great when they get booed all weekend, and it's... Altuve and Bregman. Well, that's what I was going to say. That one of the best parts of the Astros winning the World Series was when he tried to present them that hunk of metal and 42,000 people booed him out of the stadium. That was a good night. Yeah. I uh, loved that night. It's one of my favorite nights ever. I mean, just an unbelievable So, So take Rob at his I regret doing what I did word, and what would be the, some of the ramifications had he decided to go that route in your mind? If he had gone the other way? Had of, he done the reverse? He said he, he would have regrets had, granting the players immunity. He wouldn't have had a single player give him anything. He, yeah. They would have fought him the entire way, and they would have stayed quiet on the entire... And then none of this would happen. And the dumbasses like Evan Drellich of the world wouldn't be able to write books. <laughs> Just real like, quick. I, so honestly, that's what would have happened. There would, would not have been... They could have investigated... Inve they would have found something. Like, they probably would have found something involved, but they wouldn't have the detail that they had, and they wouldn't have been able to do it. Like Clanton was mentioned a minute ago, they would have... The Players Association would have fought that like crazy. He, Isn't that it would have been, a, it would have been worse for him if he didn't give the immunity that, that, than giving it. That's kind of my whole point to all the, the back and forth about this. Well, then they would have fought this, and then you would have done this, and where would the information have come from? I'm shocked he said this unless he wants to have more people talking about this because that's literally the exact opposite of why he did do what he did. We don't want to paint a picture of massive cheating yeah. across baseball. Right. And if we do it the other way, and I don't grant them immunity, and we have to investigate them, and we get only so far, well, then we're probably going to have to continue to investigate others, and we keep getting all these complaints. The Guardian sent in this complaint, and the Yankees sent in the, this complaint, and someone says the Brewers are cheating, and someone says the Rockies are cheating, and there would have been no end to it. There would have been no reason for people to believe there needed to be an end to it because there would have been no, hey, we don't like this. 
hey, we don't think you should do this. Hey, we sent out memos because we don't want you to do this. I can't believe he would put this out there to say that when from baseballs we want to pretend it actually isn't rampant. It was perfect. Yeah. They hammered one team and one team only. And the perception is we don't like cheating in baseball, so we got rid of it. Yeah. It would have been steroid era number two. I mean, it really is steroid. It's, it's, it it's is. the new age steroid yeah. era. Yeah. And if he went about it like it did, I mean, could you have imagined if it got to the point where there was some sort of sitting in Congress like we did with the steroid era? Like if we got Rob Manford or something sitting in Congress. Who would have been the Rafael Palmero lying through his teeth, Cody wagging Bellinger. his finger? Cody would he wag his finger at Congress? I yes. have never used anything to steal signs in my life. I did not bang a trash can, but I did bang my teammates' What was wife. it, like 10 days later, Palmero got popped for steroids, something like that? He I mean, was crazy. Wasn't his name on the Mitchell Report? Yeah, but he was up there in Congress, and then, like, weeks later, he literally failed a steroid test. You know it's remember serious. The, remember the first suspension for that? Ten games. Well, yeah, ten which, games. Is, which is a joke. Hey, I've been sticking a needle in my ass so I can play till I'm 40. <laughs> Here's ten games. I really... You, you know it's serious, though, and Rusty Harden is accompanying one of the uh, accusees to their their congressional hearing, but going back to this, I mean, it, I get on one hand, I get that that Time Magazine is asking him a question, so he's going to answer it. He might be the biggest moron though for answering. But on the one, but on the other hand, like you, self preservation. That's what I keep. Yeah. Like you don't really have any leg left to stand on. Everybody thinks you're a piece of crap. The Astros do. Outside of the Astros organization does. You're in a lose-lose situation. So you did the one thing that could actually make people hate you more than they already did. It's impressive, actually. I mean, if you go ahead and put all the commissioners together of all the sports, there's no doubt that guy's the worst. It's not even close. I I know that they've negotiated some TV deals and have made some money. I don't think that they do enough for their sport overall. Like, he's not doing enough probably for the owners in terms of TV dollars that get spent left and right. I know it's harder in baseball. You look at the the regional broadcast stuff that's going on in all these places, a nightmare. More news on that today. And he's he's right at the the head of it all. Right. This guy is bad for baseball. But think he's about been it. bad for baseball since he got the job, and it's not going to end until he's gone. But I, but think about it, and I know that he's hardly the only one responsible for things like this happening. Like I think we all enjoy the fact that games aren't lasting four hours. Yeah. But on the other, other side than of yesterday, well, but on yeah. the yeah, exactly. But on the other side of that, guys like Ryan Presley, guys you know that are affected by the pitch clock. If you inject truth serum into them, as opposed to something else that helps their enhancing of their performance. Um, they're going to tell you they hate it because th- it's messing with their game. I think the majority of them don't mind it. Really? I think, I think there's a very small percentage if you went to them and asked them for their true true answer. Because they, they don't. They would. They, they, Brian Press is a great example. And the reason it. I feel that uh, the reason I bring that up is because, like it or not, the Astros cheating scandal and then things like this and Robo Umps eventually that's going to be Rob Manfred's legacy. Just so everybody knows, that was posed to Manfred in this Q and A. Have you seen any increase in pitch, pitcher injuries due to the pitch clock? And some of his answer says, uh, during a period of time when pitchers were pitching more and more slowly, pitchers' injuries went up throughout that entire period. Our medical people do not believe that the pitch clock is a causal factor. Hard to isolate a single factor, but we're not seeing anything in the data that leads us to believe that the pitch clock is related to increased You know what injuries. another commissioner once said? Our data does not tell us that there are increasing concussions in our sport. But what what was the 
What was the reality well, at least, in that? At least Roger Goodell gets them there a were, ton of money. There were. <laughs> Thank you, X. Thank you for spelling it out. There were. That he was not telling the truth. <laughs> By the way, you say all this about Manfred, though, too, and what he's doing, what he's not doing. What You know what will change his legacy with the owners, though? Hmm. Is simply going to be expanding the league and getting two more teams in it. That's what they're going to And realignment that comes with it. Because there's going to be more money involved. Because realignment. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of realignment. Really? Why would there be? I don't know. It kind of depends where these yeah. places go. I don't know if you. We know you, where they're going. One of them. One Vegas. of them's going to Nashville. Right. Oh, well, Nashville. Okay. Well, when they expand, the other, they, the other one's the question mark. Joe, what's but, up? But Nashville's so, getting one of them. Uh, where's the other one? Charlotte, maybe. Portland, Montreal. Why does Portland keep getting brought up? By the way, I think that they've it's done tiny. enough. I think they've done enough work on these cities to know they they know which cities are the possibilities. But you so have did a, you see that uh, athletic non evangelic athletic story <laughs> where players were polled where they thought the next be- they all the, said Nashville the best city. N- Nashville got sixty eight percent of the players said they Nashville's thought Nashville's a great town next. by the way. Montreal, Charlotte, Austin, Portland, Vancouver, Salt Lake City. So oh, Montreal oh. was the next one. Yep. So I you could, want the Expos back? I could get down with having Austin. I know that they wouldn't. It's not going to happen. No way. They're not going to have a baseball team. Like the, the Rangers and the Astros wouldn't let it happen. Last question, a baseball Astros question. Earlier today, the Astros announced that they are no longer a three-catcher team. Cesar Salazar uh, getting to stay, technically, in Houston and not go on this road trip. He'll be with the Space Cowboys shortly, optioned out after the game. They have not made a corresponding move, but... Unless it's Corey Lee. Uh, well, we saw who. Oh, excuse me, it's Lee Madras. Yes. They haven't made a 40 man move to clear the spot for Madras, and it's probably, my guess is Ryland Bannon just gets yeah, told, just gets, uh, we're yeah. going to procedurally take you off the 40 man, but you can go ahead and keep playing second base every other day for the Space Cowboys. But the question is does this mark the beginning of 60% of the catching duties going to Yiner Diaz? Because That's you can't the, yeah. have them both in the lineup right. if you want to do something late in the game because you run the risk of losing your DH. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, if they're not playing Yiner Diaz almost every single day, they're making a mistake. And there's no other way around it. They can cut, they can sugarcoat it however they want. It was a complete waste of time having the roster set up the way that it was for as long as it was and having him sit on the bench. I don't understand this move today. From that, I understand from the standpoint of well, getting a left-handed hitter. Yeah, and Madras is a left-handed yeah. hitter. Uh, he's had an okay, okay season at Sugarland. But And he's not on the 40-man. That's why I said what I said. They just have to clear a spot on the 40-man to get him on there, and then he's on the active roster. Uh, do you think, though, what I said is maybe not true, and maybe Maldonado will continue to catch, I'm and terrified. Diaz will continue to be in the lineup somewhere? Uh, he might still be the DH as long as Jordan's out. Now, that's a risk, clearly, that you're willing to go and play some National League-style baseball back in the day if you're having to make a move there late in a ball game or whatever it might be. But, you know, if they're comfortable enough doing that, then I guess so. Um, but because all I know is that you have to – and I'd prefer you go ahead and give Diaz the, the time at the catcher spot when you can, because guess what? Maldonado's a free agent next year. Yeah. You're not keeping Maldonado. When Framber Valdez throws the first pitch of 2024, he's throwing it to Diaz. Yes. So it's okay if he catches more. He, he's the catcher. Your, your general manager has been on the radio saying he's the catcher of the future in this, for this ball club. Well, the future should be now. He's hit well enough. He deserves to play every day. No matter where it is. They'll be back on the field tomorrow, and we will find out what lineup number one of this era of two-catcher, 26-man active roster baseball is for Dusty Baker Jr. It's Michael Connor, our Astros insider, with us twice weekly, and we always appreciate the time. We'll hear more from you 
later tonight as part of our NBA draft. Of course, and maybe we'll be having some of the uh, Clutch City loggers that are that are at the uh, tent very right next to us here. Yeah, like I don't see them. At Post Houston. Yeah, they've got a whole case of them over I mean, there. Those are from Car Rock. Yeah, Love Street was pretty tasty yesterday. Uh, you, had, tell yeah, you had the regular Love Street. I had the citrus. It was light. Oh, you had the yeah, okay. You had the light Love Street. I had the citrus flavored one. It was fantastic as well. We love everything from Car Rock Brewing, whether it's the Crawford Bach, uh, when you're watching your Strohs all season long out at the ballpark, at the bar, wherever it might be, or you're talking some Rockets basketball tonight, the Clutch City Lager as well as fantastic. All the great options from Carbach Brewing, no matter what it is. When you do drink the Crawford Bach, part of the proceeds also go to the Astros Foundation, so doing a good thing when you have those beers. They also bring you the Crawford Boxcast, which you heard a live edition of last night, over at Carbach. That's me and Chris Gordy. Every single week, find it on our website, sports790.com. But again, when you're watching the Strohs this season, do it with the right beer. The only beer, the one that tastes of victory. That's an ice-cold Crawford Bach from Carbach Brewing. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790 as we wind down the 3 o'clock hour live from post-Houston. Wex and I are uh, perusing some video during the break. What if I were to tell you that Davey Martinez was whining again about something that he didn't like, that didn't go his way in his baseball team's outing, and he made a scene with a visual aid? In this case... He laid down on his stomach behind home plate to try and show up the umpire. Would you be surprised? To show the umpire. Not show up the umpire. To show the umpire that the pitch was low. So while the umpire was obviously not behind home plate. and the catcher To show up the umpire. To show the umpire that the, the pitch was low. He was right. The pitch was low. But guess what? They make mistakes all the time, and that's what happened again. But yeah, he's uh he's been more in the news for not anything about his Washington Nationals baseball team, but rather his uh, upsetness about other things. And you know, it was brought to my attention via Twitter when uh, Ramshirts had the uh, photo of uh, Pete Alonso running to first by going over the pitcher's mound, circling second base, and then heading over to first, so he was out of the baseline. And so they called it correctly, which of course was in favor of the Astros and. Davey Martinez believes they previously called it incorrectly when the Nationals were in town, which also favored the Astros. And so it takes me back to my original point way back when it happened with Kyle Tucker earlier this year, way back when it happened with Yasmani Grandal in the postseason, and when it happened with Trey Turner also in the postseason. The rule needs to change. It's too difficult, and I give credit to the home plate umpire yesterday uh, for making the correct call when he had to catch the play at home plate and then turn towards first, he caught a break because Pete Alonso wasn't even trying to be in the baseline. He was so far out of it, it was impossible for him to miss it, unless he made the call. But the arrival at first base for almost all of those plays, not the grand all play, he's slow as molasses, he was nowhere near first. But each of the other three players I mentioned, they're basically standing on the bag when the ball gets there. And maybe there's a slight impeding of the throw. You know, it hits Jake Myers in the head. Uh, the throw yesterday did hit Pete Alonso just before uh, he was there to step on the bag. And Mauricio Dubon probably doesn't catch that if there's no runner, period, uh, because it just wasn't a particularly good throw. It was so low. I don't think I don't know that he would have reacted in time uh, to make that play as a non-first baseman. But I think when you're in, in Davy's situation, a couple of years removed from lifting up a hunk of metal to where they are now, and they're not even an embarrassment, 
but they're not going to be, and they aren't currently, a competitive baseball team. There's probably a little frustration there. I mean, this kind of stuff seemingly always happens with those kinds of teams, too. Like the cellar dwellers. Like, come on, man. We need. We can't also overcome the umpire. <laughs> Why do you have to do that to us? Well, I like, almost get that feeling from it, them. It was like that horrible strike call against Maldi yesterday. He ha- He's already trying to overcome the fact that he's a terrible hitter. He doesn't need any. The How pitcher am I doesn't need to any hit help. Two hundred. If you're calling strikes like that, I mean, you, it, lately, have you not? I mean, it depends on what broadcast you're in this case watching or listening to. But like, I don't recall ever hearing Todd Callis and Blummer like go out of their way to. I mean, I think they go out of their way to not make comments a lot of the time. And it seems like lately. Even if it's just a snarky, like, oh, wow. It's been happening more and more with some of these non-zones that these umpires are bringing to the, to the table each and every day. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's not going to be significantly different. So I don't really – it kind of – that is very beating a dead horse type of topic to me. If you want it to change, then you're going to have to change what we're doing. And what we're doing right now is employing humans to call balls and strikes exclusively. Which dead horse got beat more? I'm just saying it's not going to change unless you – change that and yeah. you you basically pull them uh you have them stand back there to make calls and to help with the system but essentially it's a, a technology based system rather than a human based system i don't know that it's a big enough problem for me to say absolutely positively it's got to change you know what percentage do you really want do you if you really believe 100 percent is achievable and what baseball as a game and their fans and the players deserve if you can tell me that they can get it to 100%, then, then I'd probably say there's, there's no real good reason to not have it in place. I mean, we're only talking about 30, you know, 32 ball parks that need to have it. And we can figure out what to do with the other levels, and some of them obviously already are there in certain respects in terms of, of replayability. The game itself is going to survive either way. It always has. That's one thing I don't think that is keeping it from doing it. But some of these other rules probably have been good for the game. That... Uh, Obstruction rule probably needs looked at. Uh, whether or not you are going to do something with the first base bag uh, probably needs to be looked at. And for the second day in a row, New York, I don't know what they're looking at. There was another home plate review on a, a play at the plate where the throw beat the runner by so much. Of course he didn't have a lane to home plate because the catcher had the ball for so long. Where do you want him to stand waiting for the runner to get there? And they're like, well, we don't have the, the team doesn't have anything to lose. They might as well challenge it. And they won the challenge. And they said the runner was obstructed by the catcher. And you just that cannot be the way you want the league office to interpret that rule. Catchers can't catch and tag players if that's really the rule. That's it was outrageous. And that's twice in the span of three days. Was Dusty in New York? manipulating the call while his team was playing in Houston like the Rangers studio broadcast team said. Yeah, you might have we might have gone what a stupid pulled idiot. that audio with uh, Radigan and Bouchel and then the guy who made the egregious error Mike Batsick saying, "Oh, I guess they called New York where the Astros are." And Dusty Baker picked up the phone and said, "Yeah, they just let the run score." They're in Houston, you idiot. Anyway, all right. He didn't he also when they were discussing it, he goes, "Yeah, I don't know who the umpire is off the top of my head." Why not? You're the analyst. You've been in studio for how many hours? Did you not think this was going to come up? It just happened. And you have ten the minutes crew ago. in front of you in your game notes that have been updated for sure. All right. When we come back, we will speak to another guy who doesn't suffer idiots gladly. His name is Chandler Rome. He works with the Athletic. 
And he will uh, no doubt want to touch on the Time Magazine article. Well, I'm going to make him, whether he wants to or not. But we'll catch up with him, discuss all things Astros. The latest from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick and Chandler Rome of The Athletic. How much they paid Mike Fires to eat that cheese. We'll get to all that more when we come back here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Real quickly, I want to tell you guys about ClassicElite.com. What is it? It's a website where you can get the info that you need for all three locations that they now own and operate. We're talking about Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian. We're talking about elite customer service, elite VIP red carpet treatment. Everything about it is elite over at Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland, Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6, and the newest location, Classic Elite Buick GMC Hummer. If you're even thinking about getting into a new vehicle right now, you want to go check out one of those three locations because you're going to get the same thing at each one of them. The elite treatment. That's what it's all about. And the easiest way to give you the details that you need to know for any of their three locations is to send you to the website, ClassicElite.com. Just know that when you purchase a new vehicle from any of those three locations, you're getting a lifetime engine guarantee, a lifetime of car washes, and two years of free maintenance. ClassicElite.com. ClassicElite.com. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. It's a Thursday edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790, live from post-Houston, site of the 2023 Rockets draft party. Things get underway at 5 o'clock officially here, and we've been talking a lot about tonight's draft, but we will talk a lot about the Astros and Major League Baseball, and <laughs> maybe not necessarily the games themselves with our next guest, as Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle joins us here for his weekly visit. No? He doesn't work there anymore. Did I say Houston Chronicle? Man, I went so many weeks without saying it. He worked there for a long time. He obviously works for The Athletic now. Apologies, Chandler. But at least you don't work for Time Magazine. Because they keep beating that dead horse that is Rob Manfred and the Astros cheating scandal. I mean, did they beat a dead horse or did they just ask a really open-ended question and Rob, you know, answer it with an Astros response because, I mean, the question they asked was, like, do you have any regrets? He's like, oh, yeah, I regret stuff with the Astros scandal. I don't think Time Magazine went into it thinking, like, oh, I'm going to, we're going to dredge up the Astros scandal again. It sounds like Rob Manfred kind of brought that up on his own. Yeah, Rob's the one that uh, is beating the dead horse. Yeah, as specific. Time Magazine would say, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what uh, do you think becomes of this latest from him, though? Do you think it is talked about all around baseball the next couple of days, players being asked about it, anything come from the opportunity to get players' perspective from this alternative? On a weekend, the Astros are playing the Dodgers, <laughs> by the way? Exactly. No, I don't. I mean, I, I, think, I think certainly it was newsworthy because, like, he's, like, walking back something – walking back a pretty big piece of that scandal which was you know the whole re i mean you could argue the whole reason that everything got found out you know one was because mike fires you know, put his name on it in the original athletic story and second that the astros players were as truthful as they were in the investigation because they were promised immunity and now you look back and you kind of wonder well if they weren't promised immunity then do they talk that much to turn into a he said 
he said with Mike Fires. Like, uh, it could have. I mean, it's an interesting, you know, what if? It's an interesting kind of thought exercise as to what could have been, but I don't think it's really productive to to think about it now, six years after the fact. And the irony can't be lost on you that the subject of immunity coming up and the Astros actual players being punished is hilarious in light of the fact that the union full of player reps that would be affected by all of this cheating that only the Astros did would then have fought to reduce or do away with any sort of punishment that they would have imposed upon those Astros players. Right, and I mean, it's why it kind of doesn't, it's why it kind of rings a little bit shallow now because I, I think I think Manfred's even said this in the past. I'd have to go back and look, but I think he's pretty much said that like if I tried to punish the Astros players, then there would have been all these hearings with the union because that is a union's job is to represent its members. And the Astros players, even though they were at the time reviled, they were still part of the players' union and they would have stuck up for them. And there would have been some hearings, and you wonder if any of those punishments would have even stuck. So yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I the newsworthy. It is certainly newsworthy what he said because it's a step back from everything he said in the past. But it does, I think it's just more of like a hey, he said this, and it's like a one day sort of thing, and it'll it'll go away. I don't expect it to be a topic of conversation this weekend when five of the six pitchers that are going to pitch in this series are all rookies, and the Astros will run out two members of the 2017 team in their lineup uh, all three days. What else will they run out in their lineup now that the Astros have told Cesar Salazar his services currently are no longer needed, leaves them with only two catchers. Yonder Diaz has been their most productive, healthy hitter uh, for the month of June and was again yesterday, very importantly, in getting them that uh, 10-8 victory. Uh, do you think Dusty will catch him more often or maybe more often uh, then Maldonado, I should say, four to five times a week versus one or two. And do you think we'll still maybe see lineups where both of them are in it? Yeah, I mean, I think they can still do it that way. You know, it's not as if Niner Diaz is limited to just dh I mean, he can play left field. It, it's probably not the best left field in the world, but he can play left field. He can play first base, but I thought the way first base was handled yesterday just was totally indicative of the predicament that this team faces at that position for the next three months. And, you know, obviously he can catch. Um, I, I, I don't think it will ever get to a point where he is catching more than Maldonado. Um, I, think it, I think at some point, if, y- if Yiner Diaz keeps hitting like this, they're going to have to. Uh, divided a little bit more evenly, whether it's 60-40, 65-35, something like that. They're going to have to divide it a little bit more evenly, but they can still, even though they, like, everyone in the world is freaking out because now they think because they're only carrying two catchers, it's going to, like, they can still write lineups that have both of them in there and be okay. It's just going to have to take some creativity, and it's going to have to take just some some willingness and some determination to say that we are getting Yiner Diaz's bat in the lineup no matter what. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's it's hard to uh, ignore the production. I mean, yesterday's a great example, obviously, but for whatever reason, and I, I mean, this is what baseball fans do. They complain about the lineup, right? But um, why do you think sometimes it has taken Dusty so long to come around on things that maybe seem so obvious, like getting a guy like that into the lineup more often than not? Well, I'm not trying. I don't think it's right to just totally throw it all on Dusty because, like, look, 
it's not as if Yiner Diaz is this proven product. Like, he's a rookie. Um, if you watch his at-bats the first two months of the season, like, I will say they should have gotten him more at-bats the first two months of the season so he could have worked through it. But first two months of the season, he was chasing everywhere out of the – he still does. He, he swings a lot. He chases out of the strike zone a lot. Um, if you look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, they are not very good. Um, but the Astros are to a point now where it, that, that doesn't matter. Like, they need whoever is producing, whoever is hitting, they just need to ride the hot hand. And that's what they have now. Um, you know, I, and I think Dusty, I think it's been pretty well documented. And, you know, it's not just him. You know, he he does prefer and he does stick with veterans a lot over rookies. And, and, and I think, you know, you have to prove to him that you have to prove to the organization and the coaching staff that you're worthy of a ton of playing time. And I think Yiner Diaz is on his way to doing that. Um, but, you know, I, I think. I, I do think when, when Yiner comes up, like we do have to remember that this isn't – they're not benching some batting champion. They're not benching like a, a reigning all-star. And this is still a, a rookie, a young guy, still trying to learn, learn the league, learn an approach, learn to kind of balance his aggression with knowing when, knowing when to maybe be a little bit more selective, things of that nature. And those are things that he can work through in games as well. But it's not as if, you know, this is a – Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A 10-year Major League veteran that they're, that they're turning away. This is still a rookie that's still trying to learn a lot on the job. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not only so many options for the Astros in their pitching, especially in the bullpen, especially which what's on the 40-man and what is currently still at Sugarland. Sean Dubin's already with the Astros. Belak was recently sent down. Uh, what do you think the, you know, I assume you, your answer on Javier was, you know, just one of those days, even though he's never had one in his entire career before. And Dusty obviously did yesterday throw Montero much earlier in a game than he normally does. The results were the same. You had more innings to recover from it. Uh, but uh, he's on the roster, so you know he's going to continue to use him because that's just the way it goes. How long can they continue to do that? And do you see any reason to believe they can I don't want to say fix Montero, but uh, help him not be so poor. Well, I, mean, I thought, I, quite frankly, I thought Dusty's explanation for Montero yesterday was, was pretty spot on, and it kind of just epitomizes where they're at right now. I mean, Dusty, without saying it, basically said, look, like, I mean, he did say, like, we all know he's been struggling, and, like, he didn't say we expect him to go out there and give up two runs and make the game closer, but he pretty much implied that. He implied that we got to throw him now, so we got three or four innings to make up for whatever happens. And you saw whatever happened. Um, you know, I think last yesterday is the one type of game that is going to expose the fact that they're still carrying him on the roster. 
you know, they had no choice but to pitch him because when your starter only gets seven outs and you don't have a traditional long guy in the bullpen, Sean Dubin wasn't available yesterday, um, you've got to pitch everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they were holding Ryan Stanek back for the 10th inning if it would have gotten there. And again, that makes sense because I would trust Ryan Stanek in a 10th inning situation a whole lot more than Rafael Montero. They, they had to pitch and, you know, you can quibble about that was who was coming up then and things of that, like that part of the lineup. But, I mean, they, they had to pitch. And they, they picked that spot because they had a faith that their offense could come back and, and, and mask whatever Rafael Montero did. Um, at this point, I mean, it, we're, we're past it being early. We're past the unlucky part of the discussion. I mean, he's got a 704 ERA and a 1.79 whip. Like, I mean, maybe he gets it to where it's a little bit more respectable, but I don't see a situation where he reverts back into what he was last year. And Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, their options at this point are limited. I mean, there's no one in Sugarland that he's not blocking anyone. Like, the fact that he's on the roster is not blocking, like, some dude that's just shoving in Sugarland to come up right now. So... I mean, they could do a couple of things. He could all of a sudden wake up tomorrow injured and go on the IL and maybe try to work some stuff there. They could, I mean, they're they're not going to pitch him in any leverage spots. But I think, Adam, you know, we talked about this one other time I was on the show. You know, because this team is scoring so few runs and because they're starting pitching and everyone else outside of Montero is pretty good and is limiting other teams to no runs, like, it makes every situation almost like a leverage situation. Like rarely do you see the Astros like being blown out or blowing someone out. Like, like those situations haven't happened much. So that does kind of shrink the, it shrinks. Like when do you use Montero? Because almost every situation that this team finds itself in is a pretty close game is one that you wouldn't feel great about throwing Montero in, but you kind of have to, because he's on the roster and you got to pitch him. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, are you actually in L.A. for the series this weekend? I feel like I have to ask every time. Uh, I am not, actually. I will be going to see the baby Astros uh, tomorrow. I'm going to go to Corpus Christi and check out the Corpus Christi hooks for the weekend. 
same exact oceanic view, both cities, L.A., Corpus Christi. Uh, I'm I'm pumped. I've never been to Waterburger Field actually, so I'm gonna. I hope I can get a Waterburger at Waterburger Field. <laughs> a Drew Gilbert playing in the outfield sighting hopefully is in your future. I know he just began doing that and is set to do that again tonight. Yeah, I think he's in there today. And Arigetti's pitching today, which I'm kind of mad about. I, to, I wish the hooks would have had me in mind when they were laying out their rotation, so I don't get to see Spencer Arigetti in person. But it'd be fun to see. Uh, it's fun to see some very. It's a very interesting double A team they have. Um, um, no offense to the Sugarland Space Cowboys, but uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks are far more intriguing. Have a far more uh, interesting roster. Uh, be interesting to see uh, kind of some of those guys, what they look like, what uh, what they've been working on, kind of to hear from them and kind of get some stories out of them. Good stuff, as always, from one Chandler Rome, who is employed by The Athletic. I just want to make that clear once again. Chandler, appreciate the time. We'll do it again next week. All right, thanks. Chandler Rome here on Sports Talk 790. We will get to our signature segment, What's Up With That, coming up in a matter of minutes. First, though, Wex and I need to tell you about joint pain and how you can get rid of it and how you need to get rid of it the right way without surgery, without the downtime that comes with surgery and of course with regenerative medicine which means you're getting pain relief that also is lasting pain relief it's not coming back you're not having to go back to the doctor's office or anything else qc kinetics can make sure that the pain that you've been suffering in any joint area goes away and stays away and now they have even more locations to help you do just that and all you have to do is call 713-913-5285 you mentioned those new locations that's the cypress location to go along with the location in the woodlands the heights and the sugarland location and more locations are on the way expanded treatment capacity in each of those locations because so many of you are taking advantage of what qc kinetics has to offer it's a free consultation when you give them that call 713-913-5285 713-913-5285 for q See kinetics. Where A new signature segment called. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? I say what's up. What's up with that? With that. What's up with that? It's that time of the week. It's that time of the day where we do a signature segment, but it's that time of the week where we just start asking the question that needs to be asked. What's up with that? And I, I'm, I don't know if Wex has something in particular, but I'll just bring up what we were talking about yesterday. We didn't get nearly enough time because the Astros took their sweet time beating the Mets to talk about some of the would-be trades that were out there. But one thing in the NBA, I should say, one thing that you had mentioned was... I mean, that was a terrible trade. The Celtics were ridding themselves of Marcus Smart. Well, that was when we thought he was going to be going to the Wizards. He still got traded away from the Celtics, and now he's on a team where he will, I mean, presumably replace Dylan Brooks as that guy in quotations. Yeah, except he's not. he doesn't do what he does. He does the, the technical fouls. And he does some agitating. Well, the defense he, is there. Yeah. 
the much better defense is there. And I think Dylan Brooks is a good defender, and I still think Marcus Smart is a better defender. He's going to have a lot on his shoulders there, though, I think, in Memphis, because I think they're going to be counting on him for guidance also and leadership. He's been playing winning basketball with the Celtics for his whole career. And obviously, recently, they've been exceptional. That's where Memphis wants to be, and that's the kind of player they want on their team because of it. I think they have some of those players, although Steven Adams probably is one, but an unhealthy Steven Adams is tough to lead, and that's kind of the situation they were in last year. They obviously need somebody else alongside uh, John Morant in the backcourt, presuming his path to NBA greatness can get back on track. I think this deal is actually good for all three teams. Well, that's what I was going to ask. The Celtics just got done not making it as far as they did the season prior for a number of reasons. I mean, they made it to the finals the year before, well, and they made it to the conference finals. The so, la- the so they're last regressing. Game by, of de- the conference by definition, finals. they're regressing right now. Correct. Um, that's not a move. Basically, you're looking at a situation where you shipped out Marcus Smart and you brought in Chris Dabbs Porzingis. But you also got two first-round picks. Yeah. So this deal is good for them because Chris Dabbs Porzingis might have 82 games plus playoffs in his entire Celtics career. Or less if, less if he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Because he's only under contract for the one year that he's opted in for now. Maybe, space. Maybe they work on getting him for longer. Maybe they wait and see how things mesh and then get him for longer. Whatever the case may be, they needed some protection from that and they got it in the two first-round picks that they will get, one this year and one next year. And obviously next year's could could be even better than the one that they got uh, last year. We'll wait and see, but I do think that for that reason, it makes it a good deal for the Celtics. I already mentioned why I think it makes it a good deal uh, for the Grizzlies. Uh, they can certainly withstand the loss of uh, their point guard in this way. If you watch how they played last year without him, I think you can see that there are enough there's enough talent there with the way they play that they can do it. And in Tyus Jones, you're getting a player that now pairs with the second deal, uh, Jordan Poole, in that backcourt. And again, I thought it was already a good deal for a team that you know, they've made the decision to kind of start over the right way. Probably not going to re-sign Kyle Kuzma unless they really believe in him being a cornerstone player because they basically don't have any cornerstone players but might have a group that can fit around those cornerstone players if they're able to add them in this and any future drafts, which they likely will have very good selections in. And, and that's the other half of this. It's, it's very easy in a segment called What's Up With That to just attack two NBA trades today. What are the Warriors doing? Yeah, I was in. A, I asked for some analysis from uh, some of my basketballers and in one of my text chains. Uh, did the Warriors get have a? Do they have a better chance in this year's postseason following the trade today? And rather than just simply answering it, they gave me a bunch of different looks at it, and I kind of totally agreed with it all. And I think the end analysis is this was a lot more about Jordan Poole dump than Chris Paul add. But why are you jumping or dumping a 24-year-old Jordan Poole? I know if he's I know that he gets a, a more prominent role like anybody would when there are injuries and showed what he could do given that role. But to me, and again, this is just speculation and more of a general opinion, to me it felt like all right, we saw what happened with him and Draymond Green. We got to choose between one of them, and we're choosing the older guy who's not even under contract technically right now and shipping out the younger, talented guy who will now get approximately 100 shots a game with the Washington Wizards. 100 hollow shots a game for them versus shots that we can live without here 
because we're so offensively talented. Uh, what it does, when I say dump, I don't really mean dump the player. It's dump the contract. They're the ones that gave it to him, but right. now they realize we can't have him and Draymond on the team for two reasons. One of them is financial. You just got rid of a four-year, $128 million player. That's Jordan Poole's deal. That's $32 million a year. As a team that, that's routinely paying the luxury tax. They're going to continue to pay it, yeah. but now the, the penalty actually got a little bit less mm -hmm. because of the new figures that were essentially announced yesterday. So it helps them a great deal. It opens the door for them to continue to not be overwhelmed by those payments when and if they do basically give that money to Draymond. And I actually think they can put a deal together where he's still paid less than that on an average annual value. Maybe he gets a three-year $90 million extension. Maybe it's a four-year $125 million extension, which is relatively close. But you can't have that both of those players under that deal. And then the second way it's obviously they can't play together is because I do think there was still internal friction between not just Poole and Draymond, but players on the team that were kind of taking sides. Not overtly like there's going to be a rumble and I'm going to be on Draymond's side and you're going to be on. But it just was unsettling in their locker room, and I think this helps to settle things. I just don't think Chris Paul, the basketball player, of all the bad fits out there, I mean... I don't know what it is that he's going – if he's healthy even, that's one thing. Yeah, the 20 games he's going to play for the Warriors, he's going to be awesome. Their, their style is just – most team style is the opposite of Chris Paul. And the Rockets figured out how to make it work, and one of those ways was he's not the point guard. Right. James Harden still is. Which was kind of weird, but worked. Exactly. Now, are you Four gonna, years ago, so five how, years ago. How are you going to do that there? Is, is Chris Paul going to play off the ball? And Clay Thompson's going to play off the ball while Steph Curry is looking for both of them. Chris Paul's shooting percentages have always been good. And he's not a high-volume three-point shooter, but his three-point shooting is good. It, if they fancy him as a, an off-the-ball shooter, though he's not running around screens, he's never done that, and he's not going to start, maybe it still can work. But it also means you're closing playoff games with Chris Paul and Steph Curry in your backcourt. Teams are going to take advantage of that a lot, and your defense will suffer. What's your, what's your lineup down the stretch? That's what I mean. So those two it's guys, plus Draymond, plus Clay, plus presumably Looney. Looney, I was about to say, Looney's the guy. So the, you have three really good defenders and two really I'm-terrible-at-defense defenders. And and I'm, I do mean Chris Paul. Like, I know he's going to lead the world in steals, and I know he's been a great he's defender. He's still light years ahead of Steph Curry as a defender right uh, now. He's a bad defender in the NBA. These days. He just well, then what's he, Steph Curry? They're a both, matador? I, I just said, they, they will have a very bad defensive backcourt, and it will be hard to overcome. Like Good. that series against the Warriors last year, you would have to switch somebody else every time one of those two guys was lined up on, on De'Aaron Fox, which the other team is obviously trying to avoid. Give me Denver versus Phoenix in the conference finals for the next... Well, I'll say the next three years because I'd like the Rockets to factor into things eventually. But well, how, how many years before Kevin Durant wants out? He's not going to want out. How do you know? That's all he does. It, because he's on a good team now. And so we don't view this. It doesn't have Kyrie on it. We don't view this Chris Paul going to the Warriors no. as a Congratulations, you're out in the second round again with a different lineup. So he's not a ring chaser. No, well, yeah, he's a ring chaser, but he ain't getting it there. He should have gone back to Phoenix with a discount deal. Uh, he wouldn't be. I can understand doing this if I'm Chris. He wants to be in uh, in California. His role was going to be pretty much extinguished because Beal and Booker are going to be on the court when you finish games in Phoenix and not you. So there really was no place for him there, and he obviously was in the initial deal to begin with. All right. We are at the halfway point of the A-team, but barely 
even remotely scratching the surface when it comes to our draft coverage because we are, of course, here at Post Houston downtown site of the 2023 official Houston Rockets draft party. They've got the numbers 4 and 20 picks for now in tonight's NBA draft. And a whole lot of activity has already happened, obviously including a deal that has Chris Paul headed to the Golden State Warriors. We will continue to discuss that and a whole lot more. we got Vanessa Richardson coming up an hour from now. She is, of course, the AT&T Sportsnet sideline reporter for the Rockets. And uh, she'll weigh in on all the NBA draft and a whole lot of other things to get to here as well on a Thursday edition of the A-Team. There's a whole lot of things to get to when you go to Aqueduct Plumbing Company's website. That would be aqueductplumbingcompany.com. There you will find all of the services that Houston's premier repiping company can provide you with. Because whether it's big or small or some point in between, any sort of plumbing needs should be met with only one company. Aqueduct Plumbing Company. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238 for Houston's premier repiping company. Free quotes on repiping job, repairs, or any of your plumbing needs. And you can also go to that website, aqueductplumbingcompany.com, where you can see there's a little services pull-down menu. They'll tell you everything they can handle from leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters of the tankless and regular variety, drain cleaning, circulating pumps. They do it all. They do it right the first time. You can rest your head easy at night knowing your plumbing needs are taken care of. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. Or online at aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Aqueduct Plumbing Company, they're at your disposal. Hey, Wex. Already? It's only 4.30. Whatever. It is the 18 here on Sports Talk 790. By the way, thanks to Trey Campbell back at the ranch for producing for us. We are here on site, post-Houston, Rockets 2023 official draft party. Festivities are they're not underway yet, but it feels like they are. It's the gates, if you will, the doors officially open in less than 30 minutes. And uh, if I, I, I sent out a video earlier on my Instagram. I know Wex has uh, sent out some things as well. You get kind of an idea of what you're in for when you walk through the door. They do a spectacular job putting on these events. And this is no different. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight, regardless of what happens, regardless of whether or not you like the picks or what the, uh, the Rockets are doing or what they have done or what they will do. You're going to have a fun time if you're on your way out here tonight. You're going right? to have a fun time. You are going to have a neat time. Now, you will. The layout's amazing. You walk in, you see it. I mean, it's, it's, it's an event. Um, you have not changed your tune for the better part of, I mean, we're going on two weeks now. We're going on the night of the lottery. Yeah, you're actually you're right, which seems like two weeks ago. This actually has gone by faster than I thought it would, a lot faster than, let's say, the build-up to the NFL draft. But that's probably because the NFL draft build-up um, started the minute they hired Levy Smith. I mean, and then it sort of took a, a hiccup <laughs> the day they converted the two-point conversion on the last day of the season. What a stupid thing. But again, that's the first week of January. The draft is at the end of April. April. The draft lottery was a month ago. Was May 18th? So you Something like that? Yeah, you have one month of lead-up to where you actually... I mean, you knew the Rockets were picking in the top five. They mm -hmm. could not have slid 
uh, any further than that, or the top six, excuse me, could not have has slid any further than that with the second worst record uh, in the NBA after a coin flip, which turns out had they quote unquote lost the coin flip. Uh, they would have been in the third spot. The team in the third spot was assigned the lottery combination that came out of the hopper first. And that team got the first pick in the draft. And that team obviously was the uh, San Antonio Spurs. But you've known the Rockets had the fourth pick for now a month. And I don't think anything changed with who I believe goes one, two, three, and four. Uh, I know who's going one. I don't really know the order for two and three. And I'm not 100%. I'm 99% sure that Miller and Henderson will be gone before four. And I would say I'm about 95% the Rockets aren't moving up to get inside number four, which means the next best player not named Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, or Victor Wembanyama can be chosen by them at four. And I thought at that night of the lottery, and I think it today, I think that's Amen Thompson. Like Cam Whitmore, love, love, love Jarris Walker. I think Anthony Black's going to be a good player. I think Asar Thompson, Amen's brother, uh, could very well be the, the pick that goes next. But I think Amen Thompson is, is as clear as a draft pick can be on the basketball side where there's so little information because this guy played a year in overtime elite and this guy played with Ignite and this guy played 25 games for Kansas and this guy played with the Metro 92. I mean, the the level of competition, the level of, of, of enormous play uh, games to play in, high high intensity games, postseason. There's just so little of it. Uh, it's a little bit different than I think it used to be a handful of years ago. Even when obviously players were still only going to college for one season, we've had 13 straight drafts where the number one player in the draft was a outgoing college freshman. That's going to end tonight. Uh, because we all know Victor doesn't go to school. Um, but I just don't I don't think the Rockets are going to put together a package to move up. I don't think they're willing to move back because I think that they have been impressed as they need to be. Did work out here with the team, as did his brother. Uh, they worked out, I don't know what the number is, but it's large. A large number of players have worked out for Houston, not only because they have the fourth pick, but more to the point, because I don't think the Rockets have any idea yet where their next selection is going to be. If they keep it and go it at 20, if they push back and go later, if they don't make a second pick, but rather use it for a veteran player. So, yeah, as the time dwindles down towards uh, Adam Silver announcing with the fourth pick in the NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select, uh, I still have not changed my tune, and I expect a uh, amen coming to the H. I said it last night uh, in our video as we were leaving Carbach. I just feel like if they move off of that 20th pick, it'll be in a deal for a veteran. Not necessarily moving up or moving back, uh, but, I, but I also don't think they're staying at 20. Regardless of how it happens, I don't think they're staying at 20. It's just a matter of, okay, is that the asset or one of the assets they use to go out and get an established, you know, and when we say veteran, it almost sounds like you're saying old player. Well, anybody's older than who they have. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, one thing that we'll take a look at, maybe we'll hit that in the uh, next segment, I think that the Rockets are interested in Brooke Lopez. I think it's pretty obvious that Ime Udoka appreciated what Robert Williams did for the Celtics as a rim runner, as a lob threat, and as a rim protector. If Brooke Lopez is not a Rocket and not someone they end up comes here, maybe he stays with uh, Milwaukee, uh, a 20th pick or whatever it might take to bring back 
Clint Capella. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's something that's worthy of discussion. Whether or not we think they go that route, we'll get there next segment. Yeah, we will definitely do that. But right now, what we need to do is tell you uh, a few things specifically about Campbell's pest control. Our guy, Chris Campbell, we've been telling you about him for a long, long time. And if you are in the market for, obviously, pest control needs, 713-694-3433. Here's the deal. And I was talking to him this morning because up on his side, he lives on the north side of town. And a lot of you guys that are listening on that side of town today, some of you, God forbid, you got your power back on already, but you might still be without power. Some nasty storms up that way last night, and several of them knocked down some fences, that kind of thing. He can do that. Pest control needs are obviously part of his repertoire, if you will. He can take care of fencing. He can take care of cleanup when storms attack, if you will. And on top of that, storms like that, they make the mosquito problem we have here in Houston even worse. Campbell'sPestControl.com is where you need to go. Those mosquito misting systems worth their weight in gold absolutely can help out at a time like this where storms have blown through and, if you will, kind of whipped up the frenzy that is the disgusting mosquito habit we have here in Houston. Yeah, let Campbell's Pest Control take care of all of those needs you might have. Mosquitoes for sure, termites, ticks, fleas, or whatever rodent pest issues you might have. 25 years plus in the business. They'll get it done right for you at 713-694-3433. Let Chris and Campbell's Pest Control take care of it for you. Campbell'sPestControl.com is where you find them online for all the services that they offer. 713-694-3433 for Campbell's Pest Control. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790, live from the Rockets' official draft party here at Post Houston downtown. It is ridiculous outside. We get in here, it cools down quite a bit. Lots to look at, lots to see, lots to take part in. And it officially gets underway for the, the public, if you will, in about 10 minutes or so. That's when the doors will open. We'll be here well past that, bringing you the uh, draft coverage all night long here on your home for Rockets basketball. Sports Talk 790, Wex AC with you here. Michael Connor, everybody is going to take part in this thing tonight. But um, what were we talking about in the last segment that you were going to talk about even more this? Oh, um, Clint Capella coming back to the Rockets. I have to go through my convoluted brain to get to what we were talking about just five minutes ago. Um, like Tommy boy over here. You can actually hear me getting fatter? Is that what it is? No, it's your brain is filled with uh, malted hops and bong resin. I'm not drinking. <laughs> the rest of it I can't uh, attest to. Listen, I, I don't remember who it was or where it was that I maybe I either saw this on Twitter, read it in an article. The Clint Capella back to the Rockets scenario is very tasty. Because he immediately brings the defensive presence that you have. I don't want to say you've been lacking it, but I'm thinking about him and Jabari side by side, kind of um, policing the post, if you will, policing the rim area um, as two athletic bigs. Obviously, you know, Clint's a little bit longer in the tooth, but what he does, what he brings to you on both ends, it's not just the defensive end, it's obviously. Uh, the lob threat that he still possesses, it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, where do you fit Alpi into all this? That's the problem. And I, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be very popular in this building or anywhere else where Rockets fans are listening. If there is one trade chip 
that could get you what you really want, I don't think it's Jalen Green. I think it's Alper and Shingun. And the reason I say that is, I'm not saying that his ceiling's necessarily higher, because I think they might be comparable, but they, they just do two different things for wherever they're going. I just think there's more intrigue at this point with what Shingun could become, hence people being more interested in him in a trade scenario versus the other. Then why wouldn't the Rockets be as interested in keeping him? I don't know. I, you want me to give you my honest re- reasoning for something like that? Sure. I think his lack of defensive prowess, i.e. he doesn't play it, is going to be a negative in the eyes of your new head coach. When you play Nikola Jokic, it gets exposed occasionally. Jonas Valanciunas for his strength. I think it showed. Most nights, it's more of a team defense thing. I'm not so concerned yeah. about his individual matchup with this player and that player and this center and, and that center. And, and I think the team would probably agree. But there are some nights where, uh, from a team standpoint, it, it has been uh, troublesome, you could say. But I also think this is a year three player. This is only in year three. There's so much more physically for him to be because he's I, I would imagine he's bigger this year I can't quite tell from the Rocket social media department if he is or not but he's in the weight room it's totally typical I'm sure all these players will be I just can't say that I've seen it up close and personal just yet but I do think those things will matter and I think everybody knows any player knows certainly after uh, two seasons of NBA basketball you're only going so far if there's a huge deficiency in your game you don't put the time and effort into uh, making it less of one and that I think is exactly what he's going to do uh, I, I think there's a big role for him in the future. I do think you're right. You could probably get something, but I think at what expense? Because I'm not sure what, why he wouldn't be considered part of uh, the core. Yeah, no, and especially I'm not saying he wouldn't. The fit, right? Because the four-player core, which includes tonight's draftee, along with Jalen and Jabari and Alperin, to me, <laughs> it seems odd to say after watching last year, because those three guys were on the court all the time, and they hardly ever won. I just don't think those are the players that are going to be in the immediate future, both with Emi Udoka and the fact that you go into you know, year three for Alpi, year three for Jalen, year two for Jabari, and on down building this group together. Because as much as we see movement in the NBA, it's not with these players. It's not with players working through the first rookie deal plus all the option years. Those, those players are going to be here unless you've chosen, like you suggested, to move them for something of great value. And if, again, there's some player out there, and at this point in time, kind of guessing what players are available in trade. I think Pascal Siakam has been a name that's been thrown around quite a bit. I personally I would not I wouldn't target him. I think that the Rockets What's and many other reasoning? teams would. Uh, this expense? A expense and B I know he won a title, but it was when he was not the guy and I'm not sure who the guy is here if he's on your team because he helps prohibit you from finding them. Uh, and I also think the report today makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure why, but I do believe that, you know, apparently there's word that uh, anybody that trades for him would have difficulty re-signing him. Because why? Because he, he wants to stay in Toronto. Oh, okay. Which means you would not want to trade for a player. You would not be keeping long-term if you've given up real assets uh, to get him. Uh, but it's a player of that caliber, at least. I think that's fair to say. Uh, you wouldn't want to be, I don't think, moving on from too many of your core or any of your core and draft picks to get a player any worse than uh, Pascal Siakam. And now you're just telling me which team is willing to part with that. Are you, you know, obviously Damian Lillard is of that caliber, but I don't think the Rockets are in any uh, position to be looking at that. I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. Uh, So I'm not really sure what it is that they're trying to trade for to get a player at that level. 
because I don't. Uh, again, finding that player usually means the management is unhappy with the direction of the team, or the player just wants out. I don't know who those teams are and what that player is. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it's. I was texting somebody just now about tonight's festivities, if you will, because it's it's a buddy of mine that you know. He said I've got a client event tonight, and I anticipate uh, seeing. Seeing, or seeing myself to the restroom for many, many visits to check my phone. It was one of those types of deals. And he was basically just saying, you know, I, I'm fine if, if Amin's the pick at number, at number four. But that he's just, it, it, there's too much going on. There's too much. And I realize we're in smokescreen season, as they call it. I just feel like something's going to happen. Something. It might not be with the Rockets, but it might affect the Rockets. At the top of the draft, I mean. Um, outside of what we're talking about, which is, you know, trades that probably involve the number 20. I, I just don't see the Rockets dealing number four if they do make a deal. I would definitely not like to see that personally, but you got to tell me who that is on the other side. Right. We'll find out. I, I just don't think that there's anything like that in the works. Obviously, if they move up in the draft, that's one thing. Uh, I just don't envision that happening. I think Scooter Henderson's too good a player for those teams at two and three. If the team at three is lucky enough that the team at two is dumb, and Michael <laughs> Jordan is apparently in charge of the draft one last time, and according I took to that their, personally. Uh, their GM, Mitch Kupchak, uh, then maybe, in fact, Scoot Henderson will be available at pick number three. Shouldn't be. And if you looked at my mock draft, I put Brandon Miller at two. And then in response to somebody who said, how come Scoot Henderson's not going second? I said, because I'm assuming that the Hornets are going to make a mistake. We shall see. Uh, we'll get to you to the top of the hour here. Football at 5 is next. We also have a visit from Vanessa Richardson uh, from the Rockets broadcast on the AT&T side and Astros as well. Uh, she'll join us at 5.30. I'm going to tell you about classic Chevy. Yeah, elite classic Chevy Sugarland, elite classic Chevy Highway 6, and, of course, elite uh, GMC, Buick, and Hummer, all part of the Classic Elite family, all under the watchful eyes of the fantastic owners. That's Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, 12 years now, GM Dealer of the Year, and more to come as the Classic Elite family has expanded. And all that means is it's great news for you. It means you get to work with that GM Dealer of the Year. It means you get to uh, find that new vehicle of your dreams because nobody has more inventory than they do. When you purchase a new vehicle from any of the three Classic Elite locations, you're getting a lifetime engine gear. You're getting a lifetime of car washes. You're also getting two years of free maintenance. So make sure when you are ready for that new Classic Elite vehicle, Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland, Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6, or, of course, the new Classic Elite Buick GMC Hummer, you make sure to head on over there and tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. It's a Thursday edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790, live from post-Houston, site of the 2023 Rockets draft party. Things get underway at 5 o'clock officially here, and we've been talking a lot about tonight's draft, but... We will talk a lot about the Astros and Major League Baseball and <laughs> maybe not necessarily the games themselves with our next guest as Chandler Roma, the Houston Chronicle, joins us here for his weekly visit. No? He doesn't work there anymore. 
Did I say Houston Chronicle? Man, I went so many weeks without saying it. He worked there for a long time. He obviously works for The Athletic now. Apologies, Chandler. But at least you don't work for Time Magazine. Because they keep beating that dead horse that is Rob Manfred and the Astros cheating scandal. I mean, did they beat a dead horse or did they just ask a really open-ended question and Rob, you know, answer it with an Astros response? Because, I mean, the question they asked was like, do you have any regrets? He's like, oh, yeah, I regret stuff with the Astros scandal. I don't think Time Magazine went into it thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to dredge up the Astros scandal again. It sounds like Rob Manfred kind of brought that up on his own. Yeah, Rob's the one that uh, is beating the dead horse. Yeah, as specific. Time Magazine would say, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what uh, do you think becomes of this latest from him, though? Do you think it is talked about all around baseball the next couple of days, players being asked about it, anything come from the opportunity to – get players' perspective from this alternative? On a weekend, the Astros are playing the Dodgers, by the way? <laughs> exactly. No, I don't. I mean, I, I think I think certainly it was newsworthy because, like, he's, like, walking back something, walking back a pretty big piece of that scandal, which was, you know, the whole re- – I mean, you could argue the whole reason that everything got found out. You know, one was because Mike Fires, you know, put his name on it in the original athletic story. And second, that the Astros players were – as truthful as they were in the investigation because they were promised immunity. And now you look back and you kind of wonder, well, if they weren't promised immunity, then do they talk that much? Does it turn into a he said, he said with Mike Fires? Like, uh, it could have, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, what if? It's an interesting kind of thought exercise as to what could have been, but I don't think it's really productive to, to think about it now, sickly after the fact. And the irony can't be lost on you that the subject of immunity coming up and the Astros' actual players being punished is hilarious in light of the fact that the union full of player reps that would be affected by all of this cheating that only the Astros did would then have fought to reduce or do away with any sort of punishment that they would have imposed upon those Astros players. Right, and I mean, it's why it kind of doesn't, it's why it kind of rings a little bit shallow now because I, I think and I think Manfred's even said this in the past. I'd have to go back and look, but I think he's pretty much said that like if I tried to punish the Astros players, then there would have been all these hearings with the union because that is a union's job is to represent its members. And the Astros players, even though they were at the time reviled, they were still part of the players union and they would have stuck up for them and there would have been some hearings and you wonder if any of those punishments would have even stuck. So yeah, it's, I mean, I, I the newsworthy. It is certainly newsworthy what he said because it's a step back from everything he said in the past. But it does, I think it's just more of like a hey, he said this, and it's like a one day sort of thing, and it'll it'll go away. I don't expect it to be a topic of conversation this weekend when five of the six pitchers that are going to pitch in this series are all rookies, and the Astros will run out two members of the 2017 team in their lineup uh, all three days. What else will they run out in their lineup now that the Astros have told Cesar Salazar his services currently are no longer needed, leaves them with only two catchers. Yonder Diaz has been their most productive, healthy hitter uh, for the month of June and was again yesterday, very importantly, in getting them that uh, 10-8 victory. Uh, Do you think Dusty will catch him more often or maybe more often uh, then Maldonado, I should say, four to five times a week versus one or two. And do you think we'll still maybe see lineups where both of them are in it? Yeah, I mean, I think they can still do it that way. You know, it's not as if Yiner Diaz is limited to just 
DHing. I mean, he can play left field. It, it's probably not the best left field in the world, but he can play left field. He can play first base, but I thought the way first base was handled yesterday just was totally indicative of the predicament that this team faces at that position for the next three months. And, you know, obviously he can catch. Um, I, I, I don't think it will ever get to a point where he is catching more than Maldonado. Um, I, think it, I think at some point, if, y- if Yiner Diaz keeps hitting like this, they're going to have to. Uh, divided a little bit more evenly, whether it's 60-40, 65-35, something like that. They're going to have to divide it a little bit more evenly, but they can still, even though they, like, everyone in the world is freaking out because now they think because they're only carrying two catchers, it's going to, like, they can still write lineups that have both of them in there and be okay. It's just going to have to take some creativity, and it's going to have to take just some some willingness and some determination to say that we are getting Yiner Diaz's bat in the lineup no matter what. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's it's hard to uh, ignore the production. I mean, yesterday is a great example, obviously, but for whatever reason, and I, I mean, this is what baseball fans do. They complain about the lineup, right? But um, why do you think sometimes it has taken Dusty so long to come around on things that maybe seem so obvious, like getting a guy like that into the lineup more often than not? Well, I'm not trying. I don't think it's right to just totally throw it all on Dusty because, like, look, it's not as if Yiner Diaz is this proven product. Like, he's a rookie. Um, if you watch his at-bats the first two months of the season, like, I will say they should have gotten him more at-bats the first two months of the season so he could have worked through it, but First two months of the season, he was chasing everywhere out of the – he still does. He, he swings a lot. He chases out of the strike zone a lot. Um, if you look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, they are not very good. Um, but the Astros are to a point now where it, that, that doesn't matter. Like, they need whoever is producing, whoever is hitting, they just need to ride the hot hand. And that's what they have now. Um, you know, I, and I think Dusty, I think it's been pretty well documented. And, you know, it's not just him. You know, he – he does prefer and he does stick with veterans a lot over rookies. And, and, and I think, you know, you have to prove to him that you have to prove to the organization and the coaching staff that you're worthy of a ton of playing time. And I think Yiner Diaz is on his way to doing that. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I do think when, when Yiner comes up, like we do have to remember that this isn't they're not benching some batting champion. They're not benching like a, a reigning all star. This is still a, a rookie, a young guy. Still trying to learn learn the league, learn an approach, learn to kind of balance his aggression with knowing when knowing when to maybe be a little bit more selective, things of that nature. And those are things that he can work through in games as well. But it's not as if you know this is a. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A 10-year Major League veteran that they're, that they're turning away. This is still a rookie that's still trying to learn a lot on the job. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Not only so many options for the Astros in their pitching, especially in the bullpen, especially which what's on the 40-man and what is currently still at Sugarland. Sean Dubin's already with the Astros. Belak was recently sent down. Uh, what do you think? The you know, I assume you, your answer on Javier was you know it's just one of those days, even though he's never had one in his entire career before. And Dusty obviously did yesterday throw Montero much earlier in a game than he normally does. The results were the same. You had more innings to recover from it. Uh, but uh, he's on the roster, so you know he's going to continue to use him because that's just the way it goes. How long can they continue to do that? And do you see any reason to believe they can, I, I don't want to say fix Montero, but uh, help him not be so poor? Well, I, I thought, I, quite frankly, I thought Dusty's explanation for Montero yesterday was, was pretty spot on, and it kind of just epitomizes where they're at right now. I mean, Dusty, without saying it, basically said, look, like, I mean, he did say, like, we all know he's been struggling. And, like, he didn't say we expect him to go out there and give up two runs and make the game closer. But he pretty much implied that. He implied that we got to throw him now so we got three or four innings to make up for whatever happens. And you saw whatever happened. Um, you know, I think last yesterday is the one type of game that is going to expose the fact they're still carrying him on the roster. You know, they had no choice but to pitch him because when your starter only gets seven outs – and you don't have a traditional long guy in the bullpen. Sean Dubin wasn't available yesterday. Um, you've got to pitch everybody. And they were holding Ryan Stanek back for the 10th inning if it would have gotten there. And, again, that makes sense because I would trust Ryan Stanek in a 10th inning situation a whole lot more than Rafael Montero. They, they had to pitch him. And, you know, you can quibble about that was who was coming up then and things of that, like that part of the lineup. But, I mean, they, they had to pitch him. And they, they picked that spot because they had faith that their offense could come back and, and, and mask whatever Rafael Montero did. Um, at this point, I mean, it, we're, we're past it being early. We're past the unlucky part of the discussion. I mean, he's got a 704 ERA and a 1.79 whip. Like, I mean, maybe he gets it to where it's a little bit more respectable, but I, I don't see a situation where he – reverts back into what he was last year. And, you know, their options at this point are limited. I mean, there's no one in Sugarland that he's not blocking anyone. Like the fact that he's on the roster is not blocking like some dude that's just shoving in Sugarland to come up right now. So, I mean, they could do a couple of things. He could all of a sudden wake up tomorrow injured and go on the IL and maybe try to work some stuff there. They could, I mean, they're, they're not going to pitch him in any leverage spots. But I think, Adam, you know, we talked about this one other time I was on the show. You know, because this team is scoring so few runs and because they're starting pitching and everyone else outside of Montero is pretty good and is limiting other teams to no runs, like, it makes every situation almost like a leverage situation. Like, rarely do you see the Astros, like, being blown out or blowing someone out. Like, like those situations haven't happened much. So, that does kind of shrink the – it shrinks, like, when do you use Montero? Because almost every situation that this team finds itself in, 
is a pretty close game, is one that you wouldn't feel great about throwing Montero in, but you, you kind of have to because he's on the roster you got to pitch him. Uh, are you actually in L.A. for the series this weekend? I feel like I have to ask every time. Uh, I am not, actually. I will be going to see the Baby Astros uh, tomorrow. I'm going to go to Corpus Christi and check out the Corpus Christi Hooks for the weekend. Same exact oceanic view, both cities, L.A., Corpus Christi. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I've never been to Whataburger Field, actually, so I'm gonna, I hope I can get a Whataburger at Whataburger Field. <laughs> a Drew Gilbert playing in the outfield sighting hopefully is in your future. I know he just began doing that and is set to do that again tonight. Yeah, I think he's in there today, and Arigetti's pitching today, which I'm kind of mad about. I, to, I wish the hooks would have had me in mind when they were laying out their rotation, so I don't get to see Spencer Arigetti in person, but it'd be fun to see... Uh, it's fun to see some very – it's a very interesting double-A team they have. Um, um, no offense to the Sugarland Space Cowboys, but uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks are far more intriguing, have a far more uh, interesting roster. Uh, be interesting to see uh, kind of some of those guys, what they look like, what, uh, what they've been working on, kind of to hear from them and kind of get some stories out of them. Good stuff, as always, from one Chandler Rome, who is employed by The Athletic. I just want to make that clear once again. Chandler, appreciate the time. We'll do it again next week. All right, thanks. Chandler Rome here on Sports Talk 790. We will get to our signature segment, What's Up With That, coming up in a matter of minutes. First, though, Wex and I need to tell you about joint pain and how you can get rid of it and how you need to get rid of it the right way without surgery, without the downtime that comes with surgery and of course with regenerative medicine which means you're getting pain relief that also is lasting pain relief it's not coming back you're not having to go back to the doctor's office or anything else qc kinetics can make sure that the pain that you've been suffering in any joint area goes away and stays away and now they have even more locations to help you do just that and all you have to do is call 713-913-5285 you mentioned those new locations that's the cypress location to go along with the location in the woodlands the heights and the sugarland location and more locations are on the way expanded treatment capacity in each of those locations because so many of you are taking advantage of what qc kinetics has to offer it's a free consultation when you give them that call 713-913-5285 713-913-5285 for q See kinetics. Where am I? A new signature segment called. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? I say what's up. What's up with that? With that. What's up with that? It's that time of the week. It's that time of the day where we do a signature segment, but it's that time of the week where we just start asking the question that needs to be asked. What's up with that? And I, I'm, I don't know if Wex has something in particular, but I'll just bring up what we were talking about yesterday. We didn't get nearly enough time because the Astros took their sweet time beating the Mets to talk about some of the would-be trades that were out there. But one thing in the NBA, I should say, one thing that you had mentioned was... I mean, that was a terrible trade. The Celtics were ridding themselves of Marcus Smart. Well, that was when we thought he was going to be going to the Wizards. He still got traded away from the Celtics, and now he's on a team where he will, I mean, presumably replace 
Dylan Brooks as that guy in quotations. Yeah, except he's not. He doesn't do what he does. He does the, the technical fouls, and he does some agitating. Well, the defense he, is there. Yeah, the much better defense is there, and I think Dylan Brooks is a good defender, and I still think Marcus Smart is a better defender. He's going to have a lot on his shoulders there, though, I think, in Memphis, because I think they're going to be counting on him for guidance also and leadership. He's been playing winning basketball with the Celtics for his whole career, and obviously recently they've been exceptional. That's where Memphis wants to be, and that's the kind of player they want on their team because of it. I think they have some of those players, although Steven Adams probably is one, but an unhealthy Steven Adams is tough to lead, and that's kind of the situation they were in last year. They obviously need somebody else alongside uh, John Morant in the backcourt, presuming his path to NBA greatness can get back on track. I think this deal is actually good for all three teams. Well, that's what I was going to ask. The Celtics just got done not making it as far as they did the season prior for a number of reasons. I mean, they made it to the finals the year before, well, and they made it to the conference finals. The so la- the so they're regressing. By, de- the by definition, finals. they're regressing right now. Correct. Um, that's not a move. Basically, you're looking at a situation where you shipped out Marcus Smart and you brought in Chris Dabbs Porzingis. But you also got two first-round picks. Yeah. So this deal is good for them because Chris Dabbs Porzingis might have 82 games plus playoffs in his entire Celtics career, or less if, less if he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Because he's only under contract for the one year that he's opted in for now. Cap maybe, space. Maybe they work on getting him for longer. Maybe they wait and see how things mesh and then get him for longer. Whatever the case may be, they needed some protection from that, and they got it in the two first-round picks that they will get, one this year and one next year. And obviously next year's could could be even better than the one that they got uh, last year. We'll wait and see, but I do think that for that reason, it makes it a good deal for the Celtics. I already mentioned why I think it makes it a good deal uh, for the Grizzlies. Uh, They can certainly withstand the loss of... uh, their point guard in this way. If you watch how they played last year without him, I think you can see that there are enough. There's enough talent there with the way they play that they can do it. And in Tyus Jones, you're getting a player that now pairs with the second deal, uh, Jordan Poole in that backcourt. And again, I thought it was already a good deal for a team that you know they've made the decision to kind of start over the right way. Probably not going to re-sign Kyle Kuzma unless they really believe in him being a cornerstone player. Because they basically don't have any cornerstone players, but might have a group that can fit around those cornerstone players if they're able to add them in this and any future drafts, which they likely will have very good selections in. And, and that's the other half of this. It's it's very easy in a segment called What's Up With That to just attack two NBA trades today. What are the Warriors doing? Yeah, I was in. A, I asked for some analysis from uh, some of my basketballers and in one of my text chains. Uh, did the Warriors get have a? Do they have a better chance in this year's postseason following the trade today? And rather than just simply answering it, they gave me a bunch of different looks at it, and I kind of totally agreed with it all. And I think the end analysis is this was a lot more about Jordan Poole dump. Than Chris Paul add, but why are you jumping or dumping a 24-year-old Jordan Poole? I know if he's, I know that he gets a, a more prominent role like anybody would when there are injuries and showed what he could do given that role. But to me, and again, this is just speculation and more of a general opinion. To me, it felt like 
All right, we saw what happened with him and Draymond Green. We got to choose between one of them, and we're choosing the older guy who's not even under contract technically right now and shipping out the younger, talented guy who will now get approximately 100 shots a game with the Washington Wizards. 100 hollow shots a game for them versus shots that we can live without here because we're so offensively talented. Uh, what it does, when I say dump, I don't really mean dump the player. It's dump the contract. They're the ones that gave it to him, but right. now they realize – we can't have him and Draymond on the team for two reasons. One of them is financial. You just got rid of a four-year, $128 million player. That's Jordan Poole's deal. That's $32 million a year. As a team that's routinely paying the luxury tax. They're going to continue to pay it, yeah. but now the, the penalty actually got a little bit less mm -hmm. because of the new figures that were essentially announced yesterday. So it helps them a great deal. It opens the door for them to continue to not be overwhelmed by those payments. When and if they do basically give that money to Draymond, and I actually think they can put a deal together where he's still paid less than that on an average annual value. Maybe he gets a three-year $90 million extension. Maybe it's a four-year $125 million extension, which is relatively close, but you can't have that both of those players under that deal. And then the second way it's obviously they can't play together is because I do think there was still internal friction between not just Poole and Draymond, but players on the team that were kind of taking sides. Not overtly like there's going to be a rumble and I'm going to be on Draymond's side and you're going to be on. But it just was unsettling in their locker room, and I think this helps to settle things. I just don't think Chris Paul, the basketball player, of all the bad fits out there, I mean, I don't know what it is that he's going If he's healthy even, that's one thing. Yeah, the 20 games he's going to play for the Warriors, he's going to be awesome. Their, their style is just... Most team style is the opposite of Chris Paul. You know, the Rockets figured out how to make it work, and one of those ways was... He's not the point guard. Right. James Harden still is. Which was kind of weird, but worked. Exactly. Now, are you Four gonna, years ago. So five how, years ago. How are you going to do that there? Is, is Chris Paul going to play off the ball? And Clay Thompson's going to play off the ball while Steph Curry is looking for both of them? Chris Paul's shooting percentages have always been good. And he's not a high-volume three-point shooter, but his three-point shooting is good. It, if they fancy him as a, an off-the-ball shooter... Though he's not running around screens, he's never done that, and he's not going to start, maybe it still can work, but it also means you're closing playoff games with Chris Paul and Steph Curry in your backcourt. Teams are going to take advantage of that a lot, and your defense will suffer. What's your, what's your lineup down the stretch? That's what I mean. So those two it's guys, plus Draymond, plus Clay. Clay. Plus, presumably Looney. Looney, I was about to say, Looney's the guy. So the, you have three really good defenders and two really I'm terrible at defense defenders. And and I'm oh, I do mean Chris Paul. Like I know he's going to lead the world in steals, and I know he's been a great he's defender. He's still light years he, ahead of Steph Curry as a defender right uh, now. He's a bad defender in the NBA these days. He just well, then what's he, Steph Curry? They're a both matador. I, I just said they they will have a very bad defensive backcourt, and it will be hard to overcome. Like Good. that series against the Warriors last year, you would have to switch somebody else every time one of those two guys was lined up on, on De'Aaron Fox, which the other team is obviously trying to avoid. Give me Denver versus Phoenix in the conference finals for the next, well, I'll say the next three years because I'd like the Rockets to factor into things eventually. Well, but how, how many years before Kevin Durant wants out? He's not going to want out. How do you know? That's all he does. It, because he's on a good team now. And so we don't view this. It doesn't have Kyrie on it. We don't view this Chris Paul going to... The Warriors? No. As a ring Congratulations, chase. you're out in the second round again with a different lineup. So he's not a ring chaser? No. Well, yeah, he's a ring chaser, but he ain't getting it there. He should have gone back to Phoenix with a discount deal.
Uh, he wouldn't be. I-, I can understand doing this if I'm Chris. He wants to be in uh, in California. His role was going to be pretty much extinguished because Beal and Booker are going to be on the court when you finish games in Phoenix and not you. So there really was no place for him there, and he obviously was in the initial deal to begin with. All right. We are at the halfway point of the A-team, but barely even remotely scratching the surface when it comes to our draft coverage because we are, of course, here at Post Houston downtown, site of the 2023 official Houston Rockets draft party. They've got the numbers 4 and 20 picks for now in tonight's NBA draft, and a whole lot of activity has already happened, obviously including a deal that has Chris Paul headed to the Golden State Warriors. We will continue to discuss that and a whole lot more. we got Vanessa Richardson coming up an hour from now. She is, of course, the AT&T Sportsnet sideline reporter for the Rockets, and uh, she'll weigh in on all the NBA draft and a whole lot of other things to get to here as well on a Thursday edition of the A-Team. There's a whole lot of things to get to when you go to Aqueduct Plumbing Company's website. That would be aqueductplumbingcompany.com. There you will find all of the services that Houston's premier repiping company can provide you with because whether it's big or small or some point in between, any sort of plumbing needs should be met with only one company, Aqueduct Plumbing Company. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238 for Houston's premier repiping company. Free quotes on repiping job, repairs, or any of your plumbing needs. And you can also go to that website, aqueductplumbingcompany.com, where you can see there's a little services pull-down menu. They'll tell you everything they can handle from leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters of the tankless and regular variety, drain cleaning, circulating pumps. They do it all. They do it right the first time. You can rest your head easy at night knowing your plumbing needs are taken care of. 281-488-6238, 281-488-6238, or online at aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Aqueduct Plumbing Company, they're at your disposal. Hey, Wex. Already? It's only 4.30. Whatever. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. By the way, thanks to Trey Campbell back at the ranch for producing for us. We are here on site, post-Houston, Rockets 2023 official draft party. Festivities are, they're not underway yet, but it feels like they are. The gates, if you will, the doors officially open in less than 30 minutes. And uh, if I, I, I sent out a video earlier on my Instagram. I know Wex has uh, sent out some things as well. You get kind of an idea of what you're in for when you walk through the door. They do a spectacular job putting on these events. And this is no different. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight, regardless of what happens, regardless of whether or not you like the picks or what the, uh, the Rockets are doing or what they have done or what they will do. You're going to have a fun time if you're on your way out here tonight. You're going to have a fun time. You are going to have a neat time. Now, you will. The layout's amazing. You walk in, you see it. I mean, it's, it's, it's an event. Um, you have not changed your tune for the better part of, I mean, we're going on two weeks now. We're going on the night of the lottery. Yeah, you're actually, you're right, which seems like two weeks ago. This actually has gone by faster than I thought it would, a lot faster than, let's say, the build-up to the NFL draft. But that's probably because the NFL draft build-up um, started the minute they hired Lovey Smith. I mean, and then it sort of took a, a hiccup the day they converted the two-point conversion on the last day of the season. 
What a stupid thing. But again, that's the first week of January. The draft is at the end of April. April. The draft lottery was a month ago. Was May 18th? So you like that? Yeah, you have one month of lead up to where you actually, I mean, you knew the Rockets were picking in the top five. They mm-hmm. could not have slid uh, any further than that, or the top six, excuse me, could not have, have slid any further than that with the second worst record uh, in the NBA after a coin flip, which turns out had they quote unquote lost the coin flip. Uh, they would have been in the third spot. The team in the third spot was assigned the lottery combination that came out of the hopper first. And that team got the first pick in the draft. And that team obviously was the uh, San Antonio Spurs. But you've known the Rockets had the fourth pick for now a month. And I don't think anything changed with who I, I believe goes one, two, three, and four. Uh, I know who's going one. I don't really know the order for two and three. And I'm not 100%. I'm 99% sure that Miller and Henderson will be gone before four. And I would say I'm about 95% the Rockets aren't moving up to get inside number four, which means the next best player not named Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, or Victor Wembanyama can be chosen by them at four. And I thought it that night of the lottery, and I think it today. I think that's Amen Thompson. Like Cam Whitmore, love, love, love Jairus Walker. I think Anthony Black's going to be a good player. I think Asar Thompson, Amen's brother, uh, could very well be the, the pick that goes next. But I think Amen Thompson is, is as clear as a draft pick can be on the basketball side where there's so little information because this guy played a year in overtime elite and this guy played with Ignite and this guy played 25 games for Kansas and this guy played with the Metro 92. I mean, the, the level of competition, the level of, of, of enormous play, uh, games to play in, high-intensity high games, post-season, there's just so little of it. Uh, it's a little bit different than I think it used to be a handful of years ago, even when, obviously, players were still only going to college for one season. We've had 13 straight drafts where the number one player in the draft was a outgoing college freshman. That's going to end tonight uh, because we all know Victor doesn't go to school. Um, but I just don't I don't think the Rockets are going to put together a package to move up. I don't think they're willing to move back because I think that they have been impressed as they need to be. Did work out here with the team, as did his brother. Uh, they've worked out, I don't know what the number is, but it's large. A large number of players have worked out for Houston, not only because they have the fourth pick, but more to the point, because I don't think the Rockets have any idea yet where their next selection is going to be. If they keep it and go it at 20, if they push back and go later, if they don't make a second pick, but rather use it for a veteran player. So, yeah, as the time dwindles down towards uh, Adam Silver announcing with the fourth pick in the NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select, uh, I still have not changed my tune, and I expect a uh, amen coming to the H. I said it last night uh, in our video as we were leaving Carbach. I just feel like if they move off of that 20th pick, it'll be in a deal for a veteran. Not necessarily moving up or moving back, uh, but, I, but I also don't think they're staying at 20. Regardless of how it happens, I don't think they're staying at 20. It's just a matter of, okay, is that the asset or one of the assets they use to go out and get an established, you know, and when we say veteran, it almost sounds like you're saying old player. Well, anybody's older than who they have. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, one thing that we'll take a look at, maybe we'll hit that in the uh, next segment, 
I think that the Rockets are interested in Brooke Lopez. I think it's pretty obvious that Ime Udoka appreciated what Robert Williams did for the Celtics as a rim runner, as a lob threat, and as a rim protector. If Brooke Lopez is not a Rocket and not someone they end up comes here, maybe he stays with uh, Milwaukee, uh, a 20th pick or whatever it might take to bring back Clint Capella. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's something that's worthy of discussion. Whether or not we think they go that route, we'll get there next segment. Yeah, we will definitely do that. But right now, what we need to do is tell you uh, a few things specifically about Campbell's pest control. Our guy, Chris Campbell, we've been telling you about him for a long, long time. And if you are in the market for, obviously, pest control needs, 713-694-3433. Here's the deal. And I was talking to him this morning because up on his side, he lives on the north side of town. And a lot of you guys that are listening on that side of town today, some of you, God forbid, you got your power back on already, but you might still be without power. Some nasty storms up that way last night, and several of them knocked down some fences, that kind of thing. He can do that. Pest control needs are obviously part of his repertoire, if you will. He can take care of fencing. He can take care of cleanup when storms attack, if you will. And on top of that, storms like that, they make the mosquito problem we have here in Houston even worse. Campbell'sPestControl.com is where you need to go. Those mosquito misting systems worth their weight in gold absolutely can help out at a time like this where storms have blown through and, if you will, kind of whipped up the frenzy that is the disgusting mosquito habit we have here in Houston. Yeah, let Campbell's Pest Control take care of all of those needs you might have. Mosquitoes, for sure. Termites, ticks, fleas, or whatever rodent pest issues you might have. 25 years plus in the business. They'll get it done right for you at 713-694-3433. Let Chris and Campbell's Pest Control take care of it for you. Campbell'sPestControl.com is where you find them online for all the services that they offer. 713-694-3433 for Campbell's Pest Control. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790, live from the Rockets' official draft party here at Post Houston downtown. It is ridiculous outside. We get in here, it cools down quite a bit. Lots to look at, lots to see, lots to take part in. And it officially gets underway for the, the public, if you will, in about 10 minutes or so. That's when the doors will open. We'll be here well past that, bringing you the uh, draft coverage all night long here on your home for Rockets basketball. Sports Talk 790, Wex AC with you here. Michael Connor. everybody is going to take part in this thing tonight. But um, what were we talking about in the last segment that you were going to talk about even more this? Oh, um, Clint Capella coming back to the Rockets. I have to go through my convoluted brain to get to what we were talking about just five minutes ago. Um, like Tommy boy over here. You can actually hear me getting fatter? Is that what it is? No, it's your brain is filled with uh, malted hops and bong resin. I'm not drinking. <laughs> the rest of it I can't uh, attest to. Listen, I, I don't remember who it was or where it was that I maybe I either saw this on Twitter, read it in an article. The Clint Capella back to the Rockets scenario is very tasty. Because he immediately brings the defensive presence that you have. I don't want to say you've been lacking it, but I'm thinking about him and Jabari side by side, kind of um, policing the post, if you will, policing the rim area um, as two athletic bigs. Obviously, you know, Clint's a little bit longer in the tooth, but 
what he does, what he brings to you on both ends. It's not just the defensive end. It's obviously uh, the lob threat that he still possesses. It, it makes a lot of sense. Well, where do you fit Alpi into all this? That's the problem. And I, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be very popular in this building or anywhere else where Rockets fans are listening. If there is one trade chip that could get you what you really want, I don't think it's Jalen Green. I think it's Alper and Shingun. And the reason I say that is I'm not saying that his ceiling's necessarily higher because I think they might be comparable, but they, they just do two different things for wherever they're going. I just think there's more intrigue at this point with what Shingun could become, hence people being more interested in him in a trade scenario versus the other. Then why wouldn't the Rockets be as interested in keeping him? I don't know. I, you want me to give you my honest re reasoning for something like that? Sure. I think his lack of defensive prowess, i.e. he doesn't play it, is going to be a negative in the eyes of your new head coach. When you play Nikola Jokic, it gets exposed occasionally. Jonas Valanciunas for his strength. I think it showed. Most nights, it's more of a team defense thing. I'm not so concerned yeah. about his individual matchup with this player and that player and this center and, and that center. And, and I think the team would probably agree. But there are some nights where, uh, from a team standpoint, it, it has been uh, troublesome, you could say. But I also think this is a year three player. This is only in year three. There's so much more physically for him to be. Because he's, I, I would imagine he's bigger this year. I can't quite tell from the Rockets social media department if he is or not. But he's in the weight room. It's totally typical. I'm sure all these players will be. I just can't say that I've seen it up close and personal just yet. But I do think those things will matter. And I think everybody knows, any player knows, certainly after uh, two seasons of NBA basketball, you're only going so far if there's a huge deficiency in your game. You don't put the time and effort into uh, making it less of one. And that, I think, is exactly what he's going to do. Uh, I, I think there's a big role for him in the future. I do think you're right. You could probably get something. But I think at what expense? Because I'm not sure what... Why he wouldn't be considered part of the, the core? Yeah, no, and I'm not saying he wouldn't. The fit, right? Because the four-player core, which includes tonight's draftee, along with Jalen and Jabari and Alperin, to me, <laughs> it seems odd to say after watching last year, because those three guys were on the court all the time and they hardly ever won. I just don't think those are the players that are going to be in the immediate future, both with Emi Udoka and the fact that you go into you know, year three for Alpi, year three for Jalen, year two for Jabari, and on down building this group together. Because as much as we see movement in the NBA, it's not with these players. It's not with players working through the first rookie deal plus all the option years. Those, those players are going to be here unless you've chosen, like you've suggested, to move them for something of great value. And if, again, there's some player out there, and at this point in time, kind of guessing what players are available in trade. I think Pascal Siakam has been a name that's been thrown around quite a bit. I, personally, I would not, I wouldn't target him. I think that the Rockets what and many other teams would. Uh, this expense? A, expense, and B, I know he won a title, but it was when he was not the guy, and I'm not sure who the guy is here if he's on your team, because he helps prohibit you from finding them. Uh, and I also think the report today makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure why, but I do believe that, you know, apparently there's word that uh, anybody that trades for him would have difficulty re-signing him. Because why? He wants to, 
Because he wants to stay in Toronto. Oh, okay. Which means you would not want to trade for a player. You would not be keeping long-term if you've given up real assets uh, to get him. Uh, but it's a player of that caliber, at least. I think that's fair to say. Uh, you wouldn't want to be, I don't think, moving on from too many of your core or any of your core and draft picks to get a player any worse than uh, Pascal Siakam. And now you're just telling me which team is willing to part with that. Are you, you know... Obviously, Damian Lillard is of that caliber, but I don't think the Rockets are in any uh, position to be looking at that. I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. Uh, so I'm not really sure what it is that they're trying to trade for to get a player at that level. Because, I don't. Uh, again, finding that player usually means the management is unhappy with the direction of the team or the player just wants out. I don't know who those teams are and what that player is. Uh, yeah, it, it's... I was texting somebody just now about tonight's festivities, if you will, because it's, it's a buddy of mine that you know. He said, I've got a client event tonight, and I anticipate uh, seeing seeing uh, seeing myself to the restroom for many, many visits to check my phone. It was one of those types of deals. And he was basically just saying, you know, I, I'm fine if, if Amin's the pick at number, at number four, but that he's just it, it, there's too much going on. There's too much, and I realize we're in smokescreen season, as they call it. I just feel like something's going to happen. Something. It might not be with the Rockets, but it might affect the Rockets at the top of the draft. I mean, um, outside of what we're talking about, which is you know trades that probably involve the numbers twenty. I, I just don't see the Rockets dealing number four if they do make a deal. I would definitely not like to see that personally, but you got to tell me who that is on the other side. Right. We'll find out. I, I just don't think that there's anything like that in the works. Obviously, if they move up in the draft, that's one thing. Uh, I just don't envision that happening. I think Scoot Henderson's too good a player for those teams at two and three. If the team at three is lucky enough that the team at two is dumb, and Michael <laughs> Jordan is apparently in charge of the draft one last time, and according I took to that their, personally. Uh, their GM, Mitch Kupchak, uh, then maybe... In fact, Scoot Henderson will be available at pick number three. Shouldn't be. And if you looked at my mock draft, I put Brandon Miller at two. And then in response to somebody who said, how come Scoot Henderson's not going second? I said, because I'm assuming that the Hornets are going to make a mistake. We shall see. Uh, we'll get you to the top of the hour here. Football at 5 is next. We also have a visit from Vanessa Richardson uh, from the Rockets broadcast on the AT&T side and Astros as well. Uh, she'll join us at 5.30. I'm going to tell you about classic Chevy. Yeah, Elite Classic Chevy Sugarland, Elite Classic Chevy Highway 6, and, of course, Elite uh, GMC Buick and Hummer, all part of the Classic Elite family, all under the watchful eyes of the fantastic owners. That's Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, 12 years now, GM Dealer of the Year, and more to come as the Classic Elite family has expanded. And all that means is it's great news for you. Means you get to work with that GM dealer of the year. Means you get to uh, find that new vehicle of your dreams because nobody has more inventory than they do. And when you purchase a new vehicle from any of the three classic elite locations, you're getting a lifetime engine guarantee. You're getting a lifetime of car washes. You're also getting two years of free maintenance. So make sure when you are ready for that new classic elite vehicle, classic elite Chevy Sugarland, classic elite Chevy Highway 6, or of course the new classic elite Buick GMC Hummer. You make sure to head on over there and tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.